Five, four, three, two, one. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Chris Vint Birthday Show. RetroShock. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 21 of Operation Retroshock. I am your host Alan Price and alongside me as always is the birthday boy, Chris Vint. I thought I'd do that. We are legal to drink in America even though I don't drink because I've never drunk a single drop apart from one drop in my life. That makes zero sense. I dr- drank I've a not drop. drank a single drop except the one drop. <laughs> Many years ago where I took a drop but I haven't taken yeah. a drop. It's only a driplet of a drop. Driplet of a drop? Yeah. <laughs> As it was. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the slightly out-of-sequence Operation Retro Show. Yeah, it's just as well, you see, Chronicles is so far ahead, she's like, Oh my god, not well, it's okay, I'll, don't worry, I'll save the day. Don't worry, bacon. I'll save the day. Yeah, he man uh, saved the day. Absolutely amazing commentary, as always. Yes, and I forgot to put the background music in, well, the background audio in the background. In the background. But uh, I think it was an enjoyable episode because James just ripped it apart. It was called The Star Child. 3 out of 10 in GMC Talks, the unofficial cartoon guide to He-Man and the Master of the Universe. For your knowledge. That's not a good score. No, and it's one of the ones that is, like, behind the bottom. I think it's one of the three that are in the bottom. Three, obviously. And you decided to do it for your show. That's that's smart. Thing. No, well, I said uh, James picked it and said, you know, like um, James actually swore on it, so <gasps> I I had to bleep it. Oh no! Yeah, I know. <laughs> he said, uh, "Let's commentate on this piece of SH1T." I expect better of James. I know, so do I. <laughs> sure, you're paying for his lobster whenever we meet up with him. Me paying for nothing. <laughs> you pay for lobster. Pay- Petty cash of Operation Retroshock. Oh, you still need to send none. us money, everyone listening. <laughs> you have to send us money to feed GMZ Talk. Yeah. It's called the Operation Retroshock. Uh, GMZ Talk Food Fund. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Just James stand there with his app and I go, please feed me. <laughs> okay, dokie, ladies and gentlemen, let's get on and let you know what's going to be on Chris Vince's birthday show. Woohoo! Birthday party! Well, actually, we're not. Well, we do have party because we have Christmas stuff. Alcohol. And Jelly Babies, as always. You couldn't do the show without Jelly Babies because it would make Chris an unhappy bunny. Yeah, and we also have some uh, raspberry ruffles. Another truffle, I think. Of which weren't my choice, but hey, what can you do with that? 
Uh, so our first subject of episode 21, as Chris shoots and scores, is <coughs> throwing the wrapper in the bin, is the real Ghostbusters a fond favourite of the man we were just speaking about, Mr. James E. Talk? Uh, yes, indeed, because he worked on the American DVD sets, DVD. which are in like the firehouse pack, which are like 150 quid. Ouch. Yep. The second subject of the show is Thunderbirds. Alright. <laughs> it's my brain's impersonation. Then we have the absolutely amazing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> or Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Whatever for those in the UK. <laughs> we don't have no nunchucks here. And I never thought I would be saying this again so soon <laughs> on Operation Retroshock. I don't know how I actually allowed this. I don't know how we got clearance for this. <laughs> I don't know how I actually allowed this to happen. Uh, but after uh, the Christmas special, where obviously, as everybody will know, we talked about uh, He-Man, and Chris absolutely adored that, as no doubt you realise. Um, but... I have allowed Chris, I don't know why, to bring another, what would you say, show from the He-Man, Eternia, and now this is going to be Etheria Universe. Oh, bravo! I'm impressed! <laughs> Somebody's been doing the research. <laughs> Listening to Master Universe Chronicles. And you've probably guessed by that little comment that it is She-Ra. Yes, I expected you to go, Shira, Shira! Like, you know, when they do, whenever I say... No, I'd probably wreck my throat. No, that's okay. Well, it's pretty Still far gone as it is. Still all over the table. That's just lovely, thanks. Thanks for, you know, just saying that. Let's go. So, have you anything more constructive to say in the intro, Chris? Uh, no, not really, to be honest. I'm looking forward to discussing these subjects, and thought it was only fair that I would pick, like, real Ghostbusters and Turtles, which you know about, and stuff, whereas I can't pick... Shira and Thunderbirds. Well, you know a bit about Thunderbirds anyway. Oh, yes. Alright. <laughs> so, will we go to the break? Go to the break and come back? Yes. Why do we just have to go to the break and come back? Why can't we just do it now? Well, actually, do you know what we're going to do now? Uh, let me guess. <laughs> surprise time for Christopher. Your first what? surprise. First? Yes. First of how many? This? this is a little thing for you, Chris. <laughs> I've seen your pass. Tell the ladies and gentlemen what you're holding in your hands. It's a bus pass. Uh, something that starts with letter C that I can't say. Travel funded by ATM government with your local authority. It's only valid for a year. What the hell? It's a senior bus pass. <laughs> I want to actually get on the bus and give that to someone and see if it works. <laughs> I'll actually go and get a laminated and go like... I'm a senior citizen. Yep. My mum has a bus pass. <laughs> you happy Thanks. with that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Ecstatic. It'll go right in my wallet. You'll probably be more happier with this then. Oh! Now, it's not as amazing as obviously what you presented with me on the Christmas show. Well, to be fair, on your birthday, I did present you with Pokemon badges. Yes. So, in all fairness. But, uh, this is just. Did your mother thing. or father wrap this again? I needed a bit of help. Yeah. Well, I, here I, it is. Because actually. I cut the paper a bit wrong. Which you'll probably notice here when you open it up. It says wow stuff. <laughs> He's sniffing the package. Normally sniff stuff. 
Go on. Rip it and rip it. <laughs> I'll just friggin' rip it. It'll be easier that way. Go on, you boy. It's a desktop patrol Dalek. What it does is you obviously put the batteries on it, but it has like these wee sensors on it. Mm -hmm. So if you set it on a surface, be it a table or wherever, it won't ever bump into anything. So if you but but if you pop it on a table, it won't fall off the table. And every oh, time right. it like reaches the edge. Uh, you can turn it off, mine, because it could get quite annoying, is any time it senses an object to turn, it says exterminate. <laughs> cool. Thank you very much. Not a problem at all. It just and luckily, I have a AAA batteries in my wardrobe. Batteries. Oh, I love the way they go, batteries not included. Why? <laughs> Dalek image of BBC, Terry Nation, 1963. Not so, you have the Dalek image from 1963, the BBC logo from 1996, and the Doctor Who logo from 2009. Awesomeness. Indeed. Thank you very much, sir. Not a problem at I will all. Open that, I will open that later, and then um, have a fiddle with it. Uh, fiddle with my Dalek. I'll go right beside my TARDIS. Woo! Alright! So beside uh, Skeletor and Panthor and T-Man and Battlecat. Yep. Such a combo. <laughs> I know. Just like uh, David Tennant coming out and going like, what the heck? But also another little surprise that you will be hearing throughout the show is some birthday messages that are being... Oh, uh, what? Oh, no. Uh, I'm going to get ripped apart again, aren't I? <laughs> but I'm too old for this! I've got a bus pass! <laughs> but you'll hear those throughout the show. Yeah. Well, we'll go to the break. You'll probably, the... you'll probably hear them before I will. No, <laughs> we'll we go to the break for the first time now. Okay, and what are we coming back with? Ghostbusters! We're back! Peace! Bye! You're listening to a podcast on popculturenetwork.com. Be sure to head on over to the site at www.popculturenetwork.com to check out more podcasts and videos featuring toys comic books, video games, and all the things you love. And while you're there, be sure to check out the Pop Culture Network store, where everything you purchase helps to keep us producing. Just head over to PopCultureNetwork.com and click on store. Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Have you or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Ghostbusters. Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready to believe you.
on. <laughs> you had to go and do that, <laughs> didn't you? I said to GMA that I was going to do that. That was Morph, everybody, playing cards with his friend Chaz with his head. So welcome back. What happened? As Alan is typing stuff. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. How are you today? Yes, yes. Sorry, I'm busy. I'm <laughs> come on. What? Talking about okay. real Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> okay. Not Morph. Morph's a rebel. Rebel without a clue. So yes, the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> Do you know, by the way, that the person who did the voice for Slimer in the real Ghostbusters did the voice for Uni in Dungeons and Dragons? Wow. It's epic. Yes. Probably annoying. <laughs> Ernie Hudson actually auditioned to play Winston in this program, but didn't get the part. It went to Arsenio Hall. <laughs> These are good ideas. I think so. I think they did, he did a good job of him anyway. In case you're wondering who that is, it's Eddie Murphy's um, brother, so to speak, in Coming to America. That's I know who, who you mean. Yeah, you see? Um, <laughs> but I think it'd be a bit rubbish... <laughs> I like the fact that Ernie Hudson applied to, and then I they went. It, I see it as a bit of an insult, really. And they went, it's like, "You're not good enough to play this character you played in the film." It was like something. What was it? I read some other time. It was like Richard Nixon entered a Richard Nixon lookalike competition and came third. <laughs> it's just like it's something like that. It's like it's a total insult to yourself. It's like, right, I played the actual character in the motion picture, yeah, and you're saying I'm not good enough for a cartoon. I think if it was anyone else, they would have said, yeah, sure, Mr. Ackroyd, that's fine, Mr. Murray, Mr. Ramos, but then it's like, he, uh, you know, it's him, it's Ernie Hudson, they went like, you know what, no. No Twinkie for you. <laughs> no, and you don't like Jello, we don't like you. And you also said that the game, Chris Vint liked the Ghostbuster game, you said it sucked, so, so we're not hiring you. Huh? Aye, that's what I was talking about, he was the one to say it sucked as well. Yep, yeah, I don't like Ernie Hudson. That's a disgrace. <laughs> Ernie Hudson is a good man. He did a good job. He busted for many years. Ghostbusting, yes. <laughs> Makes him feel good, apparently. <laughs> he doesn't like it that Chris Vint <laughs> is a big mouth. What? <laughs> Speaking of a big mouth, I'm going to eat a tater crisp. microphone. Yeah, just meeting your microphone now. Alright, yeah. He's just humming along. Yes, just finish up that Christmas. Yeah, I finished. Yeah, you're done? Yeah. So we're coming to the conclusion that it was a good idea, even though it still should have really... It was a good idea that Ernie Hudson wasn't part of the real Ghostbusters squad. Stroke voice acting, yes. I think it's a bit silly. Yeah, I think it's a bit silly, but... Why are you so just munching away like a madman at the moment here? It's my birthday. It's my birthday, so I'm going to munch away. In the third series, the title was changed to Slimer and the Real Ghostbuster. Do you remember watching this incarnation? 
Yes, and I always remember as a kid, for some odd reason, wondering why it had been changed to Slimer in the real Ghostbusters, but I remember now the fact that it was because Slimer was so popular. And it was, mm. But it's a, it was a bit of an odd change, because I know it still says the real Ghostbusters and all, but it could have confused some people. But then, it's if you think about the earlier versions of The Simpsons, people would have said it was like the Bart Simpson show almost yeah, um, and now it's more centred around Homer than it would be of Bart that is so true. That is true. I think it was maybe just garnering towards the younger generation of children and obviously with the merchandise and all that kind of stuff which I remember as some fond Ghostbusters toys toys are good toys are good but I, think, I think it's the shame in the fact of yes obviously it's a cartoon anyway it'll be you know targeted towards kids but it just seems like everything, like, it goes in sort of a loop. That everything is targeted towards kids at some point, as everything just zooms down. Because not only is, like, for example, wrestling at the moment's PG, <laughs> Doctor Who is very much... Doctor Who's always been a kids' program. <laughs> but it's had <laughs> appeal to the adults as well. Yes. Whereas more recently, the recent series passed there... You know, kind of got pushed back towards kids. Mm. So it just seems like shows kind of go in this weird cycle. Yeah, well, obviously, the likes of Doctor Who is always on prime time, you know, like say six, seven o'clock, whereas then you have its spin off, Sarah Jane, mm-hmm. which is on BBC, and then you have Torchwood, which is the polar opposite, and it's on it's because, awesome. because there's like Nookie and stuff, and Barrowman going, Barrowman. And Yanto going, oh no, I'm dead, man. <laughs> and then uh, Gwen going like, Reese, we're gonna go, man. Why am I talking like this, man? Because you're Welsh? No, it's not. Uh, it sounded more like, um, I was gonna say Norway, but Newcastle. Oh, Reese, what the go? <laughs> All that stuff. But yeah, that's kind of, you know, there's, it's the same with the films. You know, the films are like PG, but then, you know, if they are to bring out a new one. Would the new one be like a PG or would it be a 12 yeah. or would it be a U or whatever, you know? Well, that's the sort of thing is it would probably be nowadays. Nudies? Uh, Nudies. 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 Uh, uh, Especially if it discos in it. Nudies all the way. Nowadays it would still probably be classes like a PG or whatever. But I still think like PG is effectively what 12 was if you... Yeah. Um, years ago it's progressing on now because you've kids playing Grand Theft Auto and all that Ooh. sort of stuff which is the biggest annoyance ever in this world it is um, oh, well when you're a game sales assistant and all that sort of thing <laughs> um, but everything just seems to be being accepted more on the parents basis that the kids oh alright sort of thing so it's still affected like over here you've got the BBFC and all the you know British Board of you know Certificate film classification. classification, yeah. Remember VSEO? <laughs> yes. Um, oh, I forgot. Before we go any further. Oh, why? I forgot this. I found this, right? Who knows? Before we came up with the name Operation Retroshock, oh, we had no, a list no, of names. Oh, no, 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 right? no. So number one was Future Retro, I don't know what to call it, Shock. Hey! And then we had Retrosphere, Retro Alliance, I must have come up with that. Retro Revenge, Retro Revolution, re- Retro Ring. What? Ring- I didn't come up with that one. Ring of Retro, Retro Who, <laughs> Monsters of Retro, this must be yours, Retro Capacitor, and Operation Retro Shock. 
Which was my choice. What, I Retro Capacitor? I gave Retroshock. No, you didn't. I'll take credit for that. Oh, you take credit whatever you want. I Sorry, will. carry on. Where was I? Oh, Brit the British board, whatever. Um, they've kind of adjusted their opinions. Still hasn't stopped certain games not getting allowed in, like, what was it, Manhunt 2 and all that sort of thing. And then they released it anyway, so it's like, what are you talking about, Willis? Why, why are we going from real Ghostbusters to talking about BBFC? We're talking about stuff going like we are going off on a bit of a tangent but we're talking about how age you know is affected in programs and all nowadays but it's one of those things that it goes around in circles and we just have to deal with it anyway uh, we'll move on uh, to in January 2009 IGN named The Real Ghostbusters as the 22nd best show in the top 100 best animated TV shows is it higher up on our list I have to jump in at this and say there was a recent program on Channel 4 Top 100 Toys mm -hmm. I would say probably 22nd is about right it was a really good program but you kind of have to think of it in the realm of when I found out you know I realised this when watching the Top 100 Toys show you were always going like oh I think I thought that toy would have been higher and I thought that would have been higher mm -hmm. but then you realise when you get into like He-Man was number 14. <laughs> you realise when you get into, like, you know, the top, say, 20 odds, top 20, 25, you know, 25, um, that it's all really crazy, you know, special stuff that people yeah. love. So you kind of have to think that the voting would probably be close. Okay. But it's just, it is down to your personal preference. I would probably have brought it just into the top 20. Okay, you know what we're going to do now then? Oh no, we're not going to write down what we think. What we're going to do is between now and the end of the show is write down our top 20 favourite animated TV programmes to see if Ghostbusters doesn't feature in your top 20 then. With you saying, I also do it right about just outside that. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> it's too time consuming. It's fun. Yeah, but we could do it. Obviously we could do it in the break and it does mean that we have to um, detract the listeners from what they're listening to, and then at the end we can say like, um, I can see much to detract from. <laughs> <laughs> charming, charming. Well, you speak for yourself there, Alan. Um, and then we can see um, how's ours compare. Gee, I wonder what's going to be top of my list. Hmm. And obviously, with um, did it say animation? Yes. Yeah. Obviously, if you want to, you can include the likes of plaster scene. You know, like Walls and Gromit or Trapdoor or Morph. Obsessed. With what? The minute with morph. Morph's brilliant. I blame it, it. you, Jamie. Yes. See you, pal. Um, but yeah, so we will do that uh, during our break. And no conferring. And then Alan will read his out, and then I will read mine out. And then I bet you any money, uh, one of us will go. I forgot about that. Oh uh, no, it will yeah. happen. And you can't write, you know. You can't write real Ghostbusters for like <laughs> for number one, and then Slimer and the real Ghostbusters <laughs> for number two, and then Slimer and uh, the Merry Ma Band of uh, Ghostbusters as well. See what you get yourself into by <laughs> voicing your opinion. Well, can't be outside the top twenty, but uh, yes, say this. Probably going to be Pokemon. Don't want to use my brain. <laughs> well, tough. You're going to have to. Oh. Right, come on, next point. Okay. We have the people who portrayed the characters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. The Peter Venkman, yes? Yes. 
is voiced by Lorenzo Music. Is that a real name? <laughs> yep. From seasons one to two. Stop eating! <laughs> <laughs> and Dave Coulier from seasons three to seven. Why am I saying names in a very fancy and foreign accent? I don't know, Lord Alfred. That's English though, so that's not really a fancy foreign accent. Sorry, I'm not allowed to eat, so I'm wasting away now. Jelly baby! <laughs> Told you, Mr. Price! It's my birthday. Mm. It's not your birthday yet. <laughs> Must be my birthday. Just because you're flipping retiree doesn't mean you can eat what you want. I don't know what I want. Get off my lawn! Okay. <laughs> Did we enjoy the voice acting? I think you're not going through the names then. Well, if you want me to. <laughs> so you're busy eating jelly babies if I'm trying to save time here. Uh, yes, I enjoyed the voice acting. I think the guy who played Egon, because he signed it a heck of a... Maurice LaMarche, which... What? ...will be a common name for those who are fans of Futurama. See voices in Futurama. He has a voice. I think... Who has any voices? Good news, everyone! No, 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 no. I shall find out immediately, because mm. the list of people who do Futurama voices is like... Each of them does like a half dozen voices there. Hold that for a second. Thanks. That would have come across wrong there. You can continue reading out the names. Oh, Frank's Frank Welker voiced Ray Stance and Slimer. I have a funny feeling Frank Welker did a voice in Transformers. You're probably right, you know. I shall find that out momentarily. So, yes, Morris LaMarche did the voices in Futurama, or does the voices in Futurama, to be named but a few, Kef Croker, Morbo, Calculong, Lur, the hor- horrible gelatinous blob, <laughs> Walt Hindenismbot, oh he's awesome, and Donbot, but then there's obviously he does like additional voices and characters in there as well. Well, Frank Welker did a voice in The Lion King as well. Did he know? So he did. Um, it doesn't give me what he actually avoid voiced. Hold on. I'm on my iPhone, you see, so uh, it takes a little minute. Um, it takes a bit, little bit longer than my laptop. Oh my lord, he's done loads of voices. He's done one. Ah, he's done Futurama. Uh, Nibbler. Is he as well? Mm-hmm. This is quite scary. See, see, see the thing yeah, you find out by... He's a voice of Megatron. Awesome. So there you go. And you know who Marshall Marsh is also uh, portraying soon? He's portraying Mr. Freeze in the new... Batman Arkham City game. Alright. Oh, That'll be interesting. Nice coming. And he's Unfortunately, also... Mr. Welker did a voice in Bambi 2. <laughs> did Bambi's mum die again? <laughs> again, yeah. They brought her back to life and they were dead. <laughs> dead again. Got her shot off screen. Uh, he's also portrayed, not your guy, Mars Marsh has portrayed Yosemite Sam in the Looney Tunes show. Alright. There you go. So there, there you go, everybody. Useless information on the voice actors we've just mentioned. Yeah, exactly. Since Frank uh, Welker seems to have done 626 voices. That's a lot. lot. <laughs> there you are. Thank you. I forgot I was holding that. So we have done Frank Welker. Winston Zeddemore is again voiced by Arsenio Hall. Yes. Seasons 1 to 3... And what a name, Buster Jones from season four to seven. 
Buster Jones. Buster Jones, I'm gonna bust him. Bust him makes me feel good, Buster Jones. I, you know, he's probably just been pecked simply because of <laughs> yeah. being called Buster. Let me hear you talk. Uh, hi, I'm Winston Zedmore. You're hired, Buster Jones. <laughs> or it would be something like, That's nothing sound like. He doesn't sound anything at all like the character. <laughs> Is that Scott like, Hall whenever he's drunk? Is it like, excuse me, what, what's, what's, what's your name? Buster, you've got the job. <laughs> like, you've got the job. And then obviously, the lovely Janine is voiced by Laura Summer and Kat Suchet. Why do they change people? I don't know. Fair. Well, sometimes people just go like, yeah, I've had my like flat and moving on. But it just seems like they changed voice actors. Well, Ray will seem to be series. the only one that stayed there. That'd be true. Well, Egon, sorry as well. Egon as well, both uh, Janine Winston and Peter Venkman all changed. Tut tut. Why did you not stay? Be, lo <laughs> be loyal to your programming. <clears throat> but yes, we enjoyed the voice acting, obviously. Um, I didn't realise, I completely forgot until we were going through this, that Morris LaMarche was in it because I always liked uh, Kiff in Futurama. Yes, Kiff's cool. Cool Kiff. Woohoo! Cool whip. Did we collect any of the figures that were released, Chris? You kind of mentioned this. Yes, I remember my grand giving me an Egon figure, and it was one of the ones that you could put in the freezer and it changed colour. Wow. And I also remember having a proton pack that had the big um, yellow styrofoam coming oh out of it. Oh, my Lord. I remember having that, and I remember um, like running up and down the street, and you know the way like in the intro you hear the, the foot? <laughs> yeah. I, I was trying my darnest to make sure I ran like that so I could <laughs> hear my footsteps and all. But I used to, uh, there's a picture I have um, of me and my sister playing with the firehouse. Awesome. And we had like I think you're me it. I had like Echo One and stuff, so I have to put that in the forums and stuff. But I was um, I was only allowed to use the slime outside for obvious reasons. Because I wasn't allowed to slime the, par the carpet, to park it, <laughs> park the slime. Yeah. So here, you just stay in that little parking spot. Then. It's the same with the Master Universe uh, slime pit. Blech. Actually, I have one behind Titus there. Ew. Ew. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Did you have any of the memorabilia as you cough up along? <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, unfortunately, I did not. I have had Ghostbusters memorabilia, but unfortunately, I have not had the privilege to have any real Ghostbusters memorabilia. I know, obviously, there's the more recent kind of stuff that Mattel Yeah, wh what, do you, what do you think of them? The latest well, ones? Yeah, while well, we're on Mattel. that subject. See, this is the sort of thing is, because I haven't really collected anything in the, you know, kind of retro figures, you know, and stuff from the actual, like, 80s and all that sort of stuff mm -hmm. that you, because obviously I've seen the likes of your old, uh, original He-Man stuff, and I know that was kind of the simplistic style of, you know, kind of more rectangular bubble and all on the thing. But it, it seems like the packaging's nearly so out of proportion. Yeah. To the figure, it's just like your figure's here over on your right hand side, and then you've got a big kind of just art on the left hand side. And I know art is always nice. But then that's, the something, that's something similar with the Star Wars. Yeah, that's no true. matter what you look at in the Star Wars, you know, it's like that. Always got a huge art piece for the Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Um, for me, for the price of them, I think they're a bit dear. So they are because. And I know there's the whole... I know Mattel, obviously, they reuse their body parts and their sculpts and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but for basically the real Ghostbusters in this line, they're basically... What is it? All oh, that's different, basically, is the clothes. The uh, weapons you get. 
obviously, yes, you, they all get their own individual weapon. Yeah. Uh, if you want to know more... There's, the, there's slightly different sculpt on the proton packs, but then it's really just their heads. No, uh, the only difference in the proton pack is Start Peter's, yes. because Peter's is San Diego. But if you want to know more, head over to Pop Culture Network, um, and you can click on Pixel Dan's name. Review. He did a review of the other three, and uh, you can have a look at them. I really do not like Egon's hair on it. It's really quite scary, isn't it? Yeah. But that's, Peter, that's, that's what it was always like anyway. In yeah, the, in but, the show. yeah, but um, Peter Peter looks the best out of all of them, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So he that's does. probably why he was the San Diego Comic Con exclusive. Yeah, I would imagine so. But it's not something. I would like to collect the older ones, but I don't think I would like to collect the new ones, you know. But anyway. Bring on Back to the Future. No out, no flipping DeLorean. Speaking of which, we need to cover that again since I was able to pick these. I think it's only fair that you get to discuss. Well, well we get to discuss Back to the Future Part 2 and 3 and the upcoming merchandise and things after we come back from London, England, home of the Queen. Oh, whoops. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, why do I have to keep coughing? <laughs> Uh, any memorable episodes? Stay puffed, Marshmallow Manning. <laughs> uh, yeah, Murray the Mantis. It was one like the, um... <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's not... Oh. Like a prey mantis. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, what's his name? Scyther in... In Pokemon. Yeah. Um, that one, and... That one. What is it? Ragnarok and Roll. And the only reason... I know this episode, and the only reason that a lot of people will know this episode, it is ro- was written by a man called J. Michael Straczynski, who did Masters of the Universe and She-Ra Princess Power. That's right. And there's a character in it called Detilio, named after Larry, Larry Detilio. Hey. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, because I had a conversation with James E. Talk, and obviously James E. Talk does a lot of knowledge about real Ghostbusters, and actually does the Ghostbusters... Uh, script for the IW, IDW comic, so have a look into that there because it's awesome. Pretty and sweet, man. Yeah, pretty, pretty sweet. sweet. And obviously, stuff available about Real Ghostbusters and SerialGeek.com. That's cereal as in breakfast cereal. And we'll probably play a promo to do that anyway. Dot com. I just noticed that in episode 19, whenever you played, um, what was it? You played James Etox. Just say, um, promo, and then you have Mr. T go, SHUT UP FOOL! It's just like, hmm. <laughs> but then again, you did it to me, because uh, you went, I'm not Michael, and I went, SHUT FOOL! And I went, oh, that's okay. He's telling himself to shut up as well. <laughs> All part of the joke. I know, well, I thought it was funny. I was in a case of, ah, Dear BBC, why, 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 Julia? <laughs> 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 what are you, Tom Jones now? Why, why, why? Stop knickers at me. I'll put them away. Not a magician. <laughs> Shazam. Right. Again, ladies and gents, this is going to be a red word for word question. Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if the real ghost. <laughs> I put this on on purpose. I know. This is why I'm reading it word for word. If the real Ghostbusters are real. And cows go moo moo. <laughs> what are the fake Ghostbusters like? 
<laughs> I just thought, here. Ghostbusters not question for me, Chris. Well, you see, if the car goes, the car goes moo moo, and the real Ghostbusters are real. Did we watch the filmation Ghostbusters? Yes. I don't remember anything about. I remember the cover because it had like a bear and stuff. Noise there, but I, I forgot it wasn't going to be a, <laughs> the noise of a bear. <laughs> <laughs> moo moo. It's going to go moo moo. Unfortunately, hey boo boo. Unfortunately, bears do not go moo. What? What? You, look like, what? you look like you're looking for something. Like yeah, I'm looking for a sheet of paper. That's better. So I can write my top twenty down while we're talking. Oh no, I can't multitask like that. I know. Hey, look, that's whenever we did our Jericho stuff. I don't know. I keep these things, little mementos. Uh, I suppose we kind of mention the fact of films, which we did how long ago now? It was episode two, wasn't it? Episode two with Lawrence Keith. Hi, Lawrence. VoodooVegas.com and all that jazz. No, it's VoodooVegas Rocks. Talk about <laughs> I don't know. It's VoodooVegas. Just type it into Vegas into Google, you'll find it immediately. It's okay. It's great. Sorry. They will burst your eardrums and you'll be like, ah, it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I listen to music. Went ah! <laughs> Just freak out. Yeah. Ah <laughs> yeah. What are you, an infant? Start making noise. So this is the films. Those are the films. Flip me. That's a bit of a hard question. Um, I would have to go for the films because there's so many episodes of that I've watched and I've just went. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's something that is nice to watch. Although, having said that, I actually prefer the real Ghostbusters intro music than the Ghostbusters music for the films. I will say that, and I just did say it. Yes, you did. Yes, we have it. I definitely uh. think like this was a good wee production, so it was, but... Like you said, there was just a few, well, a few, when I say a few, um, best we just go, uh, but uh, the films, it's probably because the films were just one thing, and there wasn't as much to mess up or anything like that, um, but it's always, I think, you always kind of associate it more and enjoy more something that's, say, real, mm. and in front of you, when it's something like this, um, It'll be interesting to see what people might say about, obviously, when Ghostbusters 3 comes out. Because, obviously, there's a lot of people who are worried about that. The aspect of who's going to be involved and yeah. so on and so forth. About a certain female who could be involved. Who could be quite annoying, but we shall have to wait and see about that. Um, but, yeah, I think the films you have to go for. Because I know, finally, part of number two always scared the living hell out of me when I was a kid. And that was the bit where the Titanic pulled up and all the dead people were walking Oh, yeah. And I was just like, ah! No, the bit that scared me was whenever they were down in the sewer thing. Oh, and then they turned around and it's all the heads and the spikes. Yeah. And then it just... And they go like, uh... Did you get a look at the lights? But, sorry, I missed it. <laughs> go like, you are useless, Winston. Just go away. How dare you? How very dare you? Shop. You always slag Winston off. I don't like Winston. Winston is an outstanding gentleman. <laughs> yeah, but He's done a great service to society in New York. Okay. I hate you, though. <sighs> With a big twinkie. Shut up. Eat your raspberry ruffle. Mm. 
<laughs> um, finally, if they were bringing out a Ghostbusters cartoon today, yes, we kind of mentioned the PG thing earlier. Um, how do we think it would, you know, kids would react to it? Again, I think it will have it would have to link into the movie coming out. Yeah, for kids to actually. Take but then they're of a cartoon. but then they're doing that with titles, which we'll probably discuss later on. But um, I think real Ghostbusters is one of those things that. Well, not real Ghostbusters, but Ghostbusters is pretty timeless. Uh-huh. You know, because how old's that film now? About 25 odd years. Yeah. Say? Um, so it's. You know what? I'm going to still around today. So if they were to try and make the movie. Adapt the movies in the cartoons, like mm. you said. I think it would work pretty well, but it's all dependent on the kids. You know, because I like all this Ben 10 muck Ugh. and all that nonsense, you know, but. Um, I think if you did it right, and it's something that would appeal to adults as well, you know, because then, you know, obviously um, we've watched Real Ghostbusters, so to bring out another one, and say we were to have kids, you could sit down and watch it with them and say, like, oh, I remember watching this, and you could bring out dual DVDs and show them them, and it goes like, oh, Daddy, the other one's better. Like they have with Transformers and G.I. Joe, which I've never ever watched. I've watched one episode, I actually thought G.I. Joe was... Um, a person, but it's not. <laughs> Flavor Dave's probably going, Oh, Chris, you're an ass. <laughs> I'm allowed to say ass, that's okay. I thought I'm not allowed to say that word, but I'm. Um, yes, you're okay. Because okay. you had that slight moment of panic of looking at your face. <laughs> yeah, you're like, Oh no! I said that word! That fair word. It's okay. It's okay. So we'll let you away with it, it's alright. Thanks very much. Okay. So, have you caught any uh, interesting segues for going into the break, into the next segment? What's the next one? The Thunderbirds. Fly, fly away. No, not really. You got Ecto-1 and then you got Thunderbirds 1. Go. <laughs> no, I was going to say, <laughs> obviously, um, the Ghostbusters go around houses that are haunted, um, or sometimes mansioned. Um, Lady Penelope lives in a mansion and uh, with Parker and go my lady <laughs> my grapes <laughs> um, and then she's part of International Rescue um, which is also um, part of Thunderbirds with Jeff Tracy and all that jazz sweet so we'll come back with Thunderbirds alright after the break uh, Mr. Price why are you waving at the monitor nobody can see you're an idiot What's up, Operation Retroshock fans? I'm Rob Bass. And I'm Crystal Bass. And, and we're, we're wishing Chris Vint a very happy birthday. So enjoy some tea and crumpets in jolly old Scandinavia. Fünf, vier, drei, zwei, eins. Thunderbirds los! Five. Four, three, two, one. Thunderbirds are go.
and welcome back. We are sitting back, relaxing, and maxing all cool and shooting some people by the pool on Tracy Island. Indeed, and not the Tracy Island that you get to make on Blue Peter. Who be that? I'm they crazy. do that like every five years. I know, they go like, uh, let's make Tracy Island. Alright. So, yes, we're going to make it out of paper mache. Yes, the lady. And, like, your launch pad and shoot for Thunderbird 1 <laughs> be made out of a toilet roll. <laughs> and, excuse me, I have to blow my nose. Chris. Fear. A foof. Yes, uh, probably you've heard um, Alan putting in the German intro to Thunderbirds. Yes. Um, I should actually have Thunderbirds <laughs> in here, so let's refresh our memory, shall we, while Alan is um, tending to his... Um... Whoa, that's a bit loud. I have five new emails, apparently. Um, songs, do I have it right here? T. It's okay, I'm back. I know, but I want to look first. Um, yes. Five... I always like this part after the music. This. Which kind of showed you, you know, this is what's going to happen. Uh, people are going to go like, yeah, I'm like, Bay to make a Thunderbirds movie. Filmed in Super Mario Nation. No, don't get him because he's a friggin' racket. Could it be racked anymore? But we'll get on to that. God. <laughs> we'll get on to that, we'll get on to that. Much later, much later. Bingo on the box! Get £15 free and a 300% uh, first deposit bonus. Shove off. <coughs> Okie doke. I'm excited to talk about Thunderbirds, I have to say. Well, it's been one we've been thinking about doing for a long time. Mm -hmm. But I suppose there's no better time to do it than episode 21 to be illegal and your birthday. So they'll be like. I actually remember ages ago getting the complete Thunderbird box set. Reduced from 150 pounds to, I think it was 64 pounds. And it's like I've seen it quite cheap recently as well. Like yeah, they're very, very, very they're very, very color. cheap now, which is very good to see. It's good because it's been something I've been considering buying at some stage down the line because it'd be one of those sort of things that be like if you'll be lying then you'll be sick you'll be like, I probably put Thunderbirds on and be like, Relive my child. I have so many happy memories about Thunderbirds no, before we'll touch on later on. Okie dokie. Thunderbirds were one of the creations of the genius Jerry Anderson. Was this his best one? Now you gotta remember that Jerry Anderson did Thunderbirds. Captain, Captain Scarlet. Scarlet. <laughs> Unbelievable, I'm Arnold Hansen from Matilda Um Be in America or abroad, <laughs> from the UK, won't know what that is. <laughs> uh, Terrorhawks. Oh. Joe Knighty. Fireball XL5. Knighty, was he like Ben Ten's dad or something? Dear God, that is awful. And he had those big massive glasses on. Um, <laughs> that was hilarious the way you demonstrated <laughs> that. Like, they probably still couldn't say it. Does that have Tetris in it? Um, <laughs> and a couple other ones. But yeah, for me, Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds was one that struck a chord with me with it being so futuristic and stuff. Um, but I've watched a couple of episodes of Captain Scarlet, didn't dig it. Terrorhawks, I remember watching whenever I was a kid, but I haven't revisited it, and I hope to, you know, like if yeah. DVDs and stuff cheap enough. Um, oh yeah, and Stingray, Stingray, da -da 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 -da. Uh, I remember watching that with Lovely Maria, or whatever her name was. <laughs> that was like the mermaid <laughs> character thing. 
Um, but Thunder <laughs> Thunderbirds is by far my favourite Jerry Anderson creation, and I thank the Lord that Jerry Anderson actually made um, Thunderbirds. True that. Um, Thunderbirds is always the one that stood out for me. You know, like you were saying there with the other shows, the only ones I, you know, the only other ones I ever watched were uh, Captain Scarlet, and probably I, I think I've maybe watched maybe like three episodes of Stingray. Deleted that. <laughs> Because um, I don't know what it was with um, likes of Scarlet and Stingray, but it's much like you. They never kind of struck a chord with me or got a lot of interest mm-hmm. in me. I don't know whether... I would probably have to go back and watch an episode or something again to see what it could be that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe when I was watching them as a kid, they nearly felt too grown up. I don't yeah. know why. Because like, sure, was it, was it Stingray or Captain Scarlet gets sh- shot or something? Well, Sting or Captain's car is indestructible, so he stands there and, like, Poof, and he goes yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and then he shoots them. Maybe, maybe ah! like I kid, I was just a bit like, well, what the hell? Stingray is this? was the one underwater, yes, obviously. It's underwater. Yeah, but Thunderbirds was always the one that I would end up watching the most as a kid, mm-hmm. and I always remember uh, a point later on anyway, <laughs> about the toys, but I had tons of the toys. Um, but I, I still have the die cast. That's what I was looking for. I still have like the die cast Thunderbird things. I'm actually going to have a look while we're discussing. Carry on. Um, I have a look here. But I always remember be it an early morning or whatever. It always probably be on the television at some stage. Yeah. So I would watch away at it. I have probably no BBC Two, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was BBC Two. I remember that because I always remember I would be watching BBC, and then you would be talking on CITV as well. Because that was another love of mine with CITV early morning with Mr. Motivator um, <laughs> when he introduced the Power Rangers. I like many more from Power Rangers. Um, but also, I would be watching BBC with. Uh, I remember BBC used to do like this thing where there's like an alien in like a like wagon thing and they would like 10 pinballs just hit my laptop there. Like, oh. Sorry about that. Um, ooh, I see something in the in door. In door. Hundred times. Woohoo! <laughs> Used to play Kelly and Saved by the Bell, believe it or not. <laughs> the retro thing. Well, let your minds think of that. Um, but Thunderbirds was always the one that I would watch, and just I think I think nearly the outro got you geared up for it a wee bit more than anything else. What do you mean the outro was, and whenever they're introduced? Outro, intro, Flippy Allen. I was going to say what the outro was just like. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. The program's finished. The program's over. What? <laughs> the intro, even sorry. Yes. Just the way they took you through and they showed you all the different, you know, you what know, the vehicles and all that. Um, I don't know as well. Was it maybe something to do with the way there was the family and all that sort of thing? In it Tracy well? family. Tracy's. Um, whether that got <laughs> just a wee bit more, and because obviously there was a character called Alan as well. So. <laughs> Look, there'll be an Alan on the television. And Alan was actually the youngest one who piloted Thunderbird 3, and sometimes stayed up in Thunderbird 5 whenever John came back down to Earth. He's the respite guy. And also, uh, was it Scott Tracy? Yeah, Scott Tracy, the guy who did the voice for him, was actually in one of the Bond films. I think it was a spy who loved me. He's like one of the... Yeah, he's actually one of the dudes there, so he is. Trapped in the sky. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> was the pilot Anderson? <laughs> yes. Was the pilot Anderson and his team were instructed to expand all of the episodes from 
25 minutes to 50 minutes. We are doubling your time. This initially proved to be a bit of a headache, as nine episodes had originally been filmed. God. <laughs> you awesome. could just imagine getting landed with this, couldn't yeah. you? Yeah. It's like, nine episodes had already been filmed and at 25 minutes, and then another half a dozen others had to be written. Did it work okay as a 50-minute episode? Honestly, I can't see... I could not see Thunderbirds now working as a half-an-hour show. Yeah? I think the pacing of it is very good. I think um, the way it's done and stuff, I just think it works really well. Um, at no point... At no point now, or at no point whenever I was a kid, did I sit there going... I'm bored. <sighs> you know, like... it's Right... It's like the end of Transformers 2, speaking of Michael Bay, right? Transformers 2 was okay up to a point mm-hmm. whenever they were running in the desert. To me, that could have been near enough all cut out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that dragged on, whereas in Thunderbirds, I never felt that. I was always, like, gripped in my seat, you know, because of the action, you know, the way the voices for the characters, were sp- for me, were spot on as well. Um, but for, I just thought it was um, thought it was terrific, the way... That from something in like the late sixties, early seventies is so groundbreaking, and still, you know, I watched one of the episodes today, and just like the special effects and stuff, you're just like, it's really, really good. The thing I f- I find amazing about Thunderbirds is with being, you know, with episodes being like fifty minutes long, is the amount of effort and all that had to go into them, mm-hmm. especially in this situation where they had to go from twenty-five to fifty. There'd be a lot of programs that I would, you know, I would think nowadays that if you were to say to them, right, you have to make your episodes now twice as long as they normally have to be on a regular basis, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be half as good as they are. No, in it. No. Whereas this show somehow managed, and even more credit to them because they were using puppets. Yeah. We're able to keep the momentum going, and you know, yes, it's kids that are mainly watching the show, but you know keeping a person's interest for 50 minutes and probably more so kids is a very good thing yeah. to do and manage mm-hmm. um, but I think it is it's like you say the way they managed it with explosions or whatever um, but I think linking it in the way obviously the way say cut away to like uh, Lady Penelope in the car and all that yeah. stuff you know they were bouncing about so they were keeping the pace up a bit yeah. so you didn't really get uh, too bored or Anything no. like that, but they always kept it interesting in the fact that um, they would always—it sounds bad—padded out. But when I say padded out, I mean you know they properly explained everything. Yeah, like they have the—they have like the guy at the start and say he's on an oil rig and one of the ba- the beams start going and he's going like, "Oh no, we're going to fall!" And then John's up in Thunderbird Five and goes, "Hey, father, uh, just thought I would let you know that the oil rig in Tunisia." Um, starting to fall apart, and they go like, "Right, oh John, let's get Thunderbird two and Thunderbird one over there." And by the time they get there, they're down in the water, and they need saved. And by yeah. the time they get, and it then, all links in. Yeah, it all links in. Instead but of like on another show, say you would have, they would say, "Look, here's Thunderbird five. It's yeah. up there. You know, it's keeping an eye on everything." And then it would never get mentioned again. Mm-hmm. Whereas it is, it's like you say that it actually is properly part of the plot. Yeah. I like the way they communicated as well with the pictures, mm. and then their eyes would flash. And then, you know, like, um, the father would press a button and the speaker would go up. Because obviously everything was disguised. So, like, one episode, the, like, doctor's coming in. And, um, he presses a button and the photos all 
go round, so it's like all single portraits yes. of them, you know, like in their normal clobber, yeah. um, which is <laughs> just things, you know, but... Um, it's, the yeah. sort of, it's the sort of thing as a kid you would have loved to have, it's just like this sort of idea of things yeah, changing. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, obviously, as we mentioned, we've mentioned a few of the Tracys already, um, but there was actually, and I thought this was amazing, is that it wasn't just, oh, but we'll call him Alan, <laughs> we'll call him whatever. Um, they all had a background mm-hmm. in that each of the Tracy family were named after Mercury mission astronauts. Obviously, everybody knows Apollo, but then they had obviously Mercury before that. Apollo Creed? <laughs> no, he isn't in this. Uh. <laughs> but you had the Mercury astronauts, which were Scott Carpenter, Virgil Grissom, Alan Shepard, which is probably one of the most famous Mercury astronauts because he always gets mentioned, uh, Gordon Cooper, and John Glenn. So, who was your favourite Thunderbirds character? Scott, by a, a country mile. <laughs> Not only did he have the best vehicle because Thunderbird one was the fastest, mm-hmm. but for me, his voice was just. And plus the fact that, in one of the points, we say that he actually was modelled on Sean Connery. Yes, that's which true. I didn't know until I found that out. It's just like <laughs> really, I could see it with the hair and stuff, but what the fake hair? <laughs> um, but for me, he had the better vehicle and stuff, and he was the more. He went there first and be like, right, Thunderbird two is like about five hours away. You know, and he's, <laughs> car- he's carrying Thunderbird four with Gordon. Um, one character who you never really see that much of was Alan. Uh-huh. Um, he was like very, very um, like either in Thunderbird three or Thunderbird five, but you didn't get to see him do an awful lot, which I thought was a bit of a shame. Yeah, I'm sad. Are you? Yep. Your namesake sucks. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> it's not very fair. Pick Virgil; he's better. <laughs> Well, actually, I would probably say Virgil was one of my favourites, so I would. But I must say, well, I don't want to hit that point yet. I don't want to hit that point yet because we haven't got the video. Okay. Uh, Crazy uh, hand syndrome, there, folks. Stop hand signals. <laughs> 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 Lady Penelope and Parker are based in uh, right. London, England. I'm the Queen, Mother. Oops. <laughs> and helped international rescue in so many of the episodes. Was this a good idea to help the plot? Well, I kind of mentioned this and that it helps you cut away, but it, it's just another part of it all fitting together. Yeah. And that it makes you think, well, there's people on the outside helping them, mm-hmm. but in a very important position. And yeah. They're back in the mainland and all that sort of stuff. Well, you can't call really, you know, the UK mainland and all that sort of stuff, but still, I think it was as a kid you always find it pretty awesome that this girl would just hop into a role I'm surprised you haven't mentioned something here what I'm surprised that you haven't mentioned James May um, test driving well, the I p- was thinking about mentioning it but I wasn't 100% sure if you wanted me to go on then um, <coughs> this kind of oh I'm trying to, no we'll do it now anyway <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it now we'll do it now um, obviously the original car that Lady Penelope had was modelled on a Rolls Royce. Yes. Um, which you as you would expect as a very posh lady um, who has a <laughs> show you know, would have a Rolls Royce. Um, yes. 
But Milady. obviously when the <coughs> well no, I wouldn't call it a remake. Um I'd call it a slaughter. Um <coughs> of a Thunderbirds real life movie came about. Um uh, Rolls Royce basically turned around and said, Sorry, we're a little bit busy right now. We can't design you a car. So where do you think that the big bodies up in the movie business said where will we go next we'll go to Bentley will we go to Maserati you know some posh another posh company for their car just you move your microphone out of your mouth there Chris um and get a car off him no we'll go to Ford what we'll go to Ford Ford yes Ford. Lady Penelope's car in the TV program is a Rolls Royce. We can't get a Rolls Royce. We won't go to Bentley. We won't go to Maserati. We won't go to Aston Martin. We will go to Ford. That's idiots. Well, that kind of sums up like the film, okay. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but basically, a couple of years ago in Top Gear, when the whole movie was coming about, a guy called Jim May, one of the hosts of the UK version, uh, our American listeners, May. Uh, Top Gear. That's a good pun. <laughs> may have heard now of Top Gear because BBC America shows the UK one but also the History Channel in the US has now got their own show with their own presenters which is pretty much doing everything the UK show did in the tasks still a decent enough wee show though but James May got to test drive the one from the live action movie he took it through country towns and all that sort of stuff and basically because it was blocked like, everywhere like 20 foot long I think it was like nearly the size of a London bus or something. <laughs> um, he was getting a lot of dirty looks and dirty <laughs> and signals and all that sort of stuff. But his basically summing up of the car was what we've kind of just said and laughed at was the fact of Ford. Yeah. Serious, you know. Um, and it wouldn't have took much effort from Rolls Royce really to put um, the. Uh, Maybe it wasn't a case of they didn't give them enough money. Well, that also, or maybe they realised how rubbish the movie was going to be and didn't want their car. Yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of the movie, you know, like, obviously I've said that in the um, in the TV show, Alan is a very secondary character. Yes. Whereas in the film, it's the reverse. It's like him and Brains' son. And Brains is played by the guy who'd uh, played um, Mark Green in ER. And Ben Kingsley, why are you in this film? Ben Kingsley, you played Gandhi. (laughs) You played Gandhi and got an Oscar for it. Made one great film and you never saw him again. Gandhi, I mean. (laughs) Um, That's that's, that's rough there, Chris. (laughs) Rough. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I watched the film. Whenever I worked in a video shop, I put it on one day. I remember being excited by the trailer that you saw, like, Thunderbird 2. Yes. And I was just like, oh my lord. The, that is the trailer was the best part of the Yeah, I was just, and then I watched the film and was just like, oh my lord. Who's the guy who plays Jeff, their dad? Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton, yeah. I was like, why are you in this film as well? Because again, Bill Paxton, who played Alan Grant in Jurassic Park. Isn't it? Isn't that him? Or is it? I don't think I've mixed people mixed up. Let me check. No, Alan Grant, no, Sam Neill. Alan Grant, Sam Neill. Because they look similar. Um... But yeah, I just didn't understand that you had Ben Kingsley as the hood. Mm. Yes, he has that, you know, he has the look, but it's just like, Ben Kingsley? Yeah. Like, please? Obviously, he got offered a lot of money. But, what do you call her? Was it 
what was her name who played Lady Penelope? No idea. Your girl from Doctor Who, who plays the girl in the fireplace? No. That is her. Madame de Pompadour? The girl who plays Madame de Pompadour plays Lady Penelope in the Thunderbirds movie. I didn't know that. I know that. No, honestly, she's a lot hotter than Doctor Who, and her acting skills and <laughs> are a lot better. Doctor Who was post the movie, so mm. that was probably saved her Yeah, my opinion is sure. <laughs> okay, uh, we kind of got dramatically aside there. What <laughs> What is your opinion on Lady Penelope and Parker's involvement? Oh, well, I, I like them. Um... I like the fact that in the first one, the trap in the sky. Um, I think it's trap in the sky. Yep. There's one of them. There's one of them that um, the hood, who Ben Kingsley plays in the film, is taking photos of the Thunderbird vehicles, and obviously, you know, like the, each have each of the Thunderbirds have like this device, which um, allows them to you know detect if people are taking photos or whatever. So he scurries off in a police car, and they contact. Lady Penelope and using the teapot as like a way to communicate Hello. and then they get into the car and on the front grill of the um, <laughs> the Ford car <laughs> um, <laughs> you know like the Rolls Royce a gun pops out and shits him and then it goes like uh, Parker's driving it goes like anywhere else m'lady and she just goes home Parker yes m'lady and then he just like drives <laughs> drives her off home but uh, no I always like them you know um but um, it was nice to have them as like typical Americans, you know, saying like, "Oh, this is how the um, the English speak." speak. Yes. Because like Dudley Moore, not right, that new toy smell team. That's like Dudley Moore and stuff um, parody that, you know, like, uh, "Why are we talking this way, milady?" It's like because this is how the Americans think that the the posh English folks speak, and go like, "I see, milady." Oh, do you know what I've just remembered from the Thunderbirds movie? What? The theme off it was done by Busted. Yeah, I've actually gotten in the background music for the Thunderbirds thing. Oh, why? Yeah, but there's something else you don't know of then. What? Do you know that they released a record? What do you mean? They actually released that song? No, 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 no. There is one that was done by MC Parker. Uh, seriously, oh, if, if, you, if you want to type into YouTube, Thunderbirds or FAB. I'll look at it later. Yeah, it's in the background music again. In the background. Yeah, it's. I remember listening to that and going like, oh my lord, that is awful. Look. Be her. Ow! <laughs> Chris, he be stuck. Oh, hello. That is her. See, see look, where the bee, where be? Doctor Who, the girl in the fireplace, Madame de Pompadour. There you go. Why did you make that film, Sophia <laughs> Jane Miles? I love you. She's only 30. My lord. There you go, Chris, you're in there. I'm in there. Hush! Now, the moment everybody has been waiting for. It's vehicle time! Oh, vehicle time? I was vehicle wondering time. what you were talking about. Vehicle time. Five. No. Start number one. Six. Well, actually, is it better to start number one or go number six? We'll go number six first. Yes, there was a Thunderbird six, people. Yes. Believe it or not. Uh, nothing amazing, like, if I'm honest. Thunderbird six is a 1930s Tiger Moth biplane <laughs> used once when the, vi- when the usual vehicles proved too heavy for the job and only appeared in the movie of the same name. The title, Thunderbird six, is mostly honorary. 
I've never seen that film before. I don't. I don't remember ever. I've seen, seen Thunderbirds or Go and something else because I remember seeing one that um, Cliff Richard and the Shadows are actually puppets <laughs> in it. Which uh, I the Cliff that. the Cliff Richard puppet looks a spit of Cliff Richard, which is just ingenious. But yeah, there's not really much you can say about yeah. Thunderbirds six. Thunderbird five is the Earth orbiting space station. Which monitors all broadcasts around the globe for calls for help and also manages communications within international rescue. In other words, it's the perv station. In other words, it knows what you're doing. I cannot stay in Thunderbird five for the but any like the claustrophobic. On my own, like it was just I would be so bored. No way, I'm be up in space, man. Like, it's just like um, I was going to say I was going to GameCube. I was going to say a bad word there. I ran out of milk because <laughs> <laughs> you would seriously need some refrigerator up there. Just have your own cow up there. <laughs> yeah, cow in space <laughs> with Thunderbird Five. <laughs> Thunderbird Four. Gordon. Small utility, small utility submersible for underwater rescue. Primarily teamed up with Thunderbird Two. And this is in part four. Four. I don't know why I did that. Scores and seven. It'll be a lovely ye- little yellow submarine. <laughs> we are hormone acid. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to properly break out into well, okay, cool. We're all living in a yellow submarine. A yellow submarine <laughs> with Gordon Tracy. Hormone <laughs> acid. Thunderbirds number three. Three. Is the reusable vertical launched SSTO or single stage to orbit spaceship? <laughs> Used for space rescue and maintenance to Thunderbird 5. In other words, it'd be the red one. They had to rescue Rick Pertier O'Shea. Rick O'Shea. Ha ha, see what he did there, ladies. Yeah, it's John O'Shea's brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I remember that. And uh, there was one where for they had to... Re- I think it was that. There was a... Um, they were somewhere going near the sun and their thing didn't work. Oh, no. And then Thunderbird 2 had to go... Somewhere like really cold, and then project some satellite thing for their engines to fire or something. Or something or nothing. It's very scary. Disco Inferno. <laughs> what? But obviously, uh, that <coughs> Thunderbird three and Thunderbird five were obviously a big part of the real life edition of the movie. Because somehow all the Tracys except Alan were so smart, and they all went up to Thunderbird five and got trapped there. Well done there, gents. And they went up on fire and stuff. And obviously Thunderbird 3 was the use of, you know, like if there was interchangeable between Alan and John, because Thunderbird 5 had like a docking thing, so Thunderbird 3 would just um, go in, go into it, and then they would just go like, see you in a month or whatever, and then they would go and change In other words, it was the bus. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> like, come on, swapsies. Um, and, next, boss. and next is my favourite. Really? Yes. I don't Thunderbird, know why. Thunderbird two. Thunderbird two. It's it's there was just something about it. I think it was the whole. It's the big beast of the carrier. It is. Carrier. This is the thing is I loved <coughs> the fact that it carried everything that was needed and utilities in the sense of obviously Thunderbird four and the like. Um, I know Thunderbird one also had kind of the fanfare of coming up out, you know, the ground and all. 
But I think as a kid, I just loved the fact that you just see this big brute of a thing, you know, it's the select what thing they need for it, and it goes down into the yeah. middle of it and all that. Did you also yeah. like how Virgil got into Thunderbird 2? Mm. You know, by, you know, it, it, like flipping him up and then him going down, flipping around, uh-huh. and then he would just like go down in the chair. That was probably part of it as well. Yeah. But then I just like the way it trundled out onto the runway and the palm trees went down and mm. then tilted yeah. back and off it. Do you ever remember the episode where Thunderbird 2 got, um, I think it was like the Navy or something, uh-huh. um, shot it? And then it had to, you know, the way, it would like, as you say, like the palm trees come out yeah, yeah, yeah. open, it had to actually make a crash landing. I remember. Yeah. I remember. But yeah, I loved it uh, just because the fact that it could do pretty much a lot of the stuff they needed to do, and then just a wee bit of the fanfare when it came out. Um, obviously, it was how I was. I think that was the thing that amazed me is that they said it was a supersonic vehicle as well. You know, that this big, yeah. huge thing could go supersonic. Um, but obviously, yeah, like so after you get all the chaos emeralds, <laughs> supersonic, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, of course, then finally we have Chris's favorite, which is Thunderbird One, the hypersonic variable geometry rocket plane used for fast response, rescue zone reconnaissance, and as a mobile control base. Yes, I love Thunderbird One so much. I really like uh, one of my favorite episodes was called The Uninvited, where he actually gets shot down by these like pew pew. Yeah, it's just like and then to shoot him down. <laughs> so seriously, that's what the sound like. And uh, he's in the desert, and these guys find him, and then Thunderbird Two comes and rescues him. And um, it's just a really cool episode. I actually have it on my iPod, so I do. I like it. Um, but yeah, Thunderbird One for me was always the best. Just the way the pull like came yeah. out, and then it just like way it went, and then I went like switching to horizontal mode. Nah, I would laugh because it was pretty much like a higher jump jet then. So yeah, I would like have the three legs and then just sit down land there. Yeah, hello. But I always loved Thunderbird Three. Uh, I think my, the one I didn't really like the most was Thunderbird Three because I only think I saw it like in two episodes. Yeah, so, like, Thunderbird Three was the sort of one that was just like, yeah, this is meant to be the big spaceship, you know, yeah. the transport spaceship, and he yeah. was like, we must have a budget. We can only use it like twice. <laughs> yeah. Be very careful. This is like the engines; they fry very much. We can only do <laughs> yeah. short travel. We must only use it for short periods of time. Uh, <laughs> um, this don't ruffle. I have one in the break. <laughs> Fine. I'll have one in the break, Chris. I'll have one in the break. Um, do we think this program was years ahead of its time, and does it still hold up today like the Muppets? It was ahead of its time. I think if you were to set a child down in front of Thunderbirds now, depending on their age, they'd probably look at you with a strange expression of yours and say, you expect me to watch this? <laughs> Because obviously the kids... No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die! You know, because kids are so used now to, like, you know, CGI and, you know, just these really... Computer graphics in it. <laughs> in it. And these really crisp cartoons. Mm-hmm. And I think as a kid nowadays, they'd be like, is that string? <laughs> you know, and, you know, yeah. you know the puppets mouths going and all that. Well, not, you know what I mean, you know, the whole movement of the... Character in their arms, which Chris does an amazing impression of. Um, <laughs> Thanks. You'll see it someday, not today. Um, <laughs> I think if you were to set a kid down who was young age, who isn't really hasn't really built up of an impression or anything, it would be fine. Mm. But a kid who'd be slightly older, I don't think it would hold up. Um, obviously, for ourselves, we don't really mind. But you see the thing. Accept it. <laughs> but the thing with that is, whoop, 
my bus pass went for a burden. Um, <laughs> but the thing with that is, is that um, obviously it was huge back in the day when it first came out. But then don't forget that it saw a resurgence in like the early nineties, whenever they made the Tracy Island, yeah. and then they brought out the the puppets and stuff, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, so there is it is available. It was targeted towards kids because then was repeated on BBC Two, you know, and the kids seemed to like it. Whether the kids seem to like it now, with the amount of friggin' muck that they watch, like a band hand crap and all that. I could do a daughter, legal immigrant, <laughs> go away. Um, and her boyfriend, Diego. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a marriage of convenience. Uh, even, though like, <laughs> even though they're probably like about four. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, but yeah, I just think that, I think kids should give it a go, you know, especially if they're parents are watching it with it you know like because my my niece um who is four loves danger mouse yeah uh because um she just saw the dvd box set that i have yeah um well she does like spongebob as well Ooh. and peppa pig Ooh. um you know <laughs> exactly that's just on clearing his nose just not that making out using an opportunity <laughs> um but yeah so it just really depends on the kid but just really give it a go, and fair enough, you know, like, it's back down the 70s. It's like kids who are watching the older Doctor Who stuff now. Um, um, you know, there's stuff from, like, the Pertwee era, or the Baker era, that's really rough looking, but give it a chance. Give it a chance, kids, you'll love it. Alright. Our brain's here. <laughs> F-A-B-L. Finally, the intro theme. I love it so much. And it's like it comes to something that's actually my dad's message alert. Cool. And the, uh, when so whenever you all hear five, and I've never, t- although my mum's is Magnum PI, and it really s- is starting to grate on me because she's had that for like about a year and a half now. Like you're dindling, dindling, and you're like, mom, changes to something else. Changes to like Night Rider. No, I don't want Night Rider. We'll <laughs> have. Poiro or something, but, um... Poiro. Yeah, it's a little cells. Um, but no, I just love the uh, music. Uh, the music for this, for the background for this segment, was another one, like Donkey Kong, um, which was a joy to find music for and stuff. Um, and yeah, I just, um... There's not much that I can really fault Thunderbirds with, because, um, I remember my dad hiring out the videos for me, um, like the one of Thunderbird, one of the two times Thunderbird three goes up in space, the one where the Empire State Building falls over, um, because they're moving it like about a, you know, like two feet to the right and falls, and you know there's the, the news crew are in it or whatever. Um, so I remember. That's all. Don't worry about is the news crew. Um, so I remember sitting down and watching that with my dad, and that's probably why Thunderbirds holds a, a special place in my heart was because of that, and just like watching it all and just go wow. Just thinking, oh, this would be really cool. Be cool if you were part of it. <laughs> yeah, because that was that was the thing with Thunderbirds too. I was always like, I would love to drive that, <laughs> just for some odd reason. Just yeah. love to drive that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get it into gear. <laughs> oh no, I've picked up the wrong thing. I was meant to get the submarine. <laughs> Said I picked up the drill. Yeah, just me, Thunderbird one. <laughs> okay, Alan, just drop uh, drop Thunderbird four. And I go, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's the drawer! <laughs> oh dear! I need to make another 20 hour trip back to there. Sorry Give about that. Give me a minute. <laughs> How many people are in there? Four. Oh, I saw them on my way home. Bye. Let me know if they get out already. Here's the bill. Um, we were, our final point was meant to be the Thunderbird film, but we obviously kind of had a wee bit of a <laughs> run on that earlier. Um, what I would say is I would like to I would like to see someone do a proper one, but the chance of that, after the latest one, bombing, is very slim, because <laughs> it had a budget of 57 million and only made 28. What?! Holy God! That's just how crud you are whenever you use a Ford as a Rolls Royce! It's pretty much obviously what they've done is when, yeah, probably most of the UK only is going to watch this. They messed up because they didn't even promote it well in the UK. Needless to say, I bought it on DVD for £2. I've watched it once. No, I'd never ever buy that. Ever. Somewhere, probably gathering dust and probably throwing it out in my luck. Um, but, uh, yeah, anywho, that would be Thunderbirds. I enjoyed that. And how long was that? It's near enough 40 odd minutes. Dum, da, dum, 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 dum. Go! Where? Link! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles! Okay, uh, let's. Oh, right, okay. Thunderbird 2. And one of the pods carries a mole, which buries underground. Another thing that lives underground is turtles, because they live in a sewer. There you go. Next! See you after the break, ladies and gentlemen. For Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or Hero Turtles, with no nunchucks. And, uh, see you after the break! I'm Pixel Dan. And I'm Killin'. Flavor Dave. Intern Rick. And everybody here from the It Figures podcast wants to wish our good friend Chris Vent a very happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday, clown shoes. Songster. 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 Woo! I am he that Button. is Songster. Attorney and Storyteller. What's up, folks? You are listening to Operation Retroshock with crazy cool Chris Vent and awfully awesome Alan Price. If one of your favorite retro memories happens to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, then by all means, check out Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk on PopCultureNetwork.com. Every week we get reacquainted with old friends from the original Playmates TMNT toy line. Fab Four fans, new and old, won't be sorry for checking it out. That's Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk, and you can only find it on PopCultureNetwork.com.
have shell turtle power. Thunderbirds, I'll go. Time to thunderize. <laughs> Yeah, don't ever say that again. Time to thunderize. We just watched the Thunderbirds trailer and it was awful. Because yeah. it says, like, time to thunderize and all this other stuff. And it was awful. Proper rubbish. We have to review that on a future episode. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be on it. This video is rubbish. That's going, to be, the, that's, that's going to be the This is a rubbish episode. We should yeah. make that episode like 25 or something. Yeah, make that and uh, cover a new Super Mario Brothers film as well. Do 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 do. Anyway, our next subject is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Indeed. <laughs> and obviously, before we start this, we have to say that um, if you're a fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Spain. Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, why not head over to what is it, Radical Retro? No, 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 no. His website. That's Radical. Is it Radical Retro? I think it's RadicalRetro.com um, for all your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Playmates reviews. Um, Sween Halleck, who is a good friend of ours, Been on the does, show. A, does an awesome job of these here. Um, and obviously, he does reviews now for that new toy smell, which is awesome to see him elevated to such high caliber because Sween Halleck is uh, one of the nicest people I've come across on the internet and so humble and so nice. And uh, yeah, so... So, uh, apologies, Sween, if we uh, mess stuff up here with um, turtles. You can just let us know via email, and we'll read it out and say, like, uh, we have this just to read out because Sween said we got it wrong. I blame Chris. I blame me. Okay. I blame Chris for any errors. Any errors that occur are of Windows manufacturer. Please consult your warranty <laughs> for further details. Oh no, your laptop gonna go explode. I got GameCat. <laughs> Jelly baby, before I teach you Ninja Turtles. One, two, three, four turtles. Teenage Mutant Turtle Beach. <laughs> I came up with a very good marketing scheme that if the turtles were as active today as they were in the like 80s or 90s, that the Turtle Beach headsets would have turtles wearing them. Basically, the Turtle Beach headsets that you can get for Xbox and PlayStation and all that sort of stuff. The Xbox ones are green to match the Xbox color scheme. And because they're called Turtles and Turtle Beach and all that sort of stuff, my plan was that you could have four special editions and they'd be all the different colors of the, of the mask <laughs> on the bandanas. face. Bandanas. Well, I wouldn't call them bandanas, even though they are kind of technically bandanas, but they'd be like bandana face masks. And it would be all the See, different Sweden colors. already scored wrong! And they'd be on like the packaging and all that stuff. You've got free mask with each one. I don't remember Pixel Dan getting a free mask whenever he I got like a that. turtle thing. He was wearing a go. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the States, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles here. Did they really need to change the title? No. Because we just mess about with it. Sure, apparently we. Did we not get nunchucks or something with Michelangelo? Apparently they did something with them as well, from what I remember. Um. So it was the case of, yeah, just Rob was blind. You know, like, I'm surprised we're turtles and not, like, Teenage Mutant Hero Beavers or something. That, whoa. Yeah. That's quite scary, man. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Hero Raccoons. I always remember. Raccoons in a furry suit. Raccoon power. <laughs> I don't know what to say to this. I really don't. I always remember when Turtles was crazy over here. Um, Like... As we, you know, you have the point here first, really. It's kind of our second point, but I'm going to jump to this anyway. Well, thanks. Don't discuss the first point, go on to the second one. I was wondering about the, the title. Was it 
Do you want me to answer it? Yeah. No, it was not necessary. Happy? Okay, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles soon catapulted into pop culture history. See what we did there? <laughs> we'd be on popculturenetwork.com and it'd be a pop culture history. What is with your hands today? They're waving around something chronic. I'm surprised you haven't hit my laptop over yet. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't hit something. At the height of the frenzy in the late 1980s and the early 1990s, the Turtles' likenesses... Did they actually have to sign over their likenesses? That's a disgrace. Yeah. Could be found on a wide range of children's merchandise... From Pez Dispens, mmm, sweet tea, uh, to skateboards, obviously, breakfast cereal, uh, video games, school supplies, linens, <laughs> like your bed clothes and all that sort of stuff, towels, cameras, and even toy shaving kits. What are you doing? Oh, this is going to break things. It's one of my Pez dispensers. Whoa, <laughs> a crazy Pez dispenser off a giant Darth Vader, like <laughs> that silver. That's crazy. How big do the pests have to be? I don't know. Do you not see them? They're normal. Do you not see them in the background? In their background. I'm yes. not sure if the pears would actually be edible right about now. It's over 12 inches tall, apparently, the limited edition pears dispenser. <coughs> and look, I also have a Cyberman pound there as well. Delete. And there's that slime pit I was talking about. Because uh-huh. that there comes out, and then the slime comes out of the mouse. Alrighty. Back you go, Titus. Sorry, it's just whenever you said Pez dispensers, I just wanted to show you that. <laughs> um, I remember when... That you're a Womble? Wombles <laughs> Hey, uh, don't, because Cribbins was the one who voiced them, so yes, you watch what you're saying about Bernard Cribbins. I just sat in that crisp. Oh, you go back. I just sat in that, oh. Uh, I remember as a kid when going out to the shops that I hated going out shopping with... My mum, because I would get. Which kid loves it? Yeah, going yeah, out yeah. And sorry if you love going out shopping with your mum. If you're not a girl, you're something drastically wrong. wrong if you like to go grocery shopping. Sorry. But it was a case of my mum. No! Oh, sorry about that. My mum would used to take me to the shopping centre. That was so, so boring and had hardly any like toy stores or mm-hmm. anything, you know? It was Castle Court back in the day. Castle Court, hey? Um. But I always remember, at the end of it all, she would let me go to, like, I think it was like the Toy Master store or something. Yeah. That was around back then. Um, and I would go in there, and I would look, and I would always end up, like, if it had been a really busy day, and I kind of moaned enough <laughs> that my mom... Which Alan probably did a fair share of. Yes. Um, I've had to work with Alan Price, and uh, he is not a little child anymore, but still moans, and doesn't get any turtle's fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Give me turtle. Um, but I'd go in and I would get like a turtle figure because this was around the height of turtles. And the one that stands out to me the most, and I actually told this story to my mum the other day, and she could not remember it for the life of her. And I was just like, well, it just shows you the sort of things that stand out from your childhood. Uh-huh. I remember getting it was uh, it was was it Leonardo? I think it was Leonardo in their you know disguises. No, would it not be Dawn? Because, like, a lot... Well, D- Flav Dave got from Pixel Dan, Undercover Dawn. Do they not all go undercover? I have no idea. Swain, we need you to let we us know. We need to figure this out. I can't remember. It's probably somewhere in my cupboard. I should go and hook it out sometime and find it. But it was the in-disguise one, uh, in his coat and the hat and all that sort of stuff. But I also remember I got, uh, like, a ninja get-up one. Mm-hmm. And, like, it would, all the stuff would fit inside the shell. Right. Like the shell would kind of click o- open back 
and you would like fold all the stuff in the shell and you'd close the shell and you'd have a normal turtle. Yeah. But then you'd squeeze the legs together, you know, towards one another, and the shell would pop open and it would all go flick out and all the <laughs> armour would go round them again and I used to absolutely love that. I got hours of entertainment out of it. So that's kind of my memories when it comes to the merchandise. Was there anything merchandise-wise you got? Um, well, just a couple of stories that I've told once before of whenever I've been sick. And I got like loads of turtles because that was whenever turtles was like really huge back in the day. My dad got them from McCulloch's down the road. Um, yeah, and I still have a photo of me opening a turtle figure, but I don't know what figure it is. But yeah, I used to love the figures. And to be honest with you, Sween Halleck... Like Pixel Dan, they do great reviews. I'm not saying the other guys at Pop Culture Network don't, but Turtles and Master of the Universe, for obvious reasons, are two big things that I'm very much mm-hmm. interested in. And because of Sweden's reviews, there's loads of characters, you know, like uh, Muckman and all these other ones that I have no idea who they are. Yeah. But whenever Master of the Universe start winding down or whatever, or if the new Turtles... Um, cartoon garters new lines or whatever yeah. I may start collecting them because I've always enjoyed especially the older Turtles yeah. figures um, I've always thought they were very cool looking and stuff and um, you know they, st- they still look good today very much like Transformers or Master Universe you know there is very seldom toys that you can get that'll look good then and now yeah. whereas the Thundercast figures just don't look right now because they're way out of scale and stuff um but yeah, I would like to, I would actually like to try and start getting myself some turtles figures and stuff. So uh, we'll see how money goes and stuff. It's all about the money, unfortunately. It is. I'm not going to do a million dollar man laugh because I got told off last time I did one. <laughs> Speaking of Swain's reviews, what would be your favourite one? Well, he's done so many. Um, I like the one he did. Swain, as much as I love you and your reviews, I can't remember the names of your char- the characters. Mm-hmm. I like the one he did with April, whenever she like transformed into like the cat, I think it was. <laughs> but my favourite by far would be the Technodrome, because I helped him get the Technodrome. Because I saw it on well, eBay. Stops, yes. I saw it on eBay, and I went, here Swain, there's this on eBay. And he went, oh, that's a bit out of my price range, but just buy it now, our best offer. Mm-hmm. So he must have put in a best offer, the seller went, ah, alright. And then he got one. So, obviously seeing him get one, and then him saying to me, um, I just want to thank you, I got a Technodrome, um, you and Dan are the only people who know about this, it's going to be the 50th episode for Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk, um, so keep it on your hat, which I did. Um, but I Don't wear a hat. Yeah, but I'd never seen, uh, or a cap as you like to call them, um, I'd never seen the Technodrome before, so mm-hmm. seeing that. Also, um, I think it was Edo did a review of the Blimp, uh-huh. which, yes, I I was, Blimp. which I thought was kind of cool as well. So, there's a lot of Turtles merchandise that's very cool looking, and um, yeah, I always like look uh, seeing more of them and seeing stuff that I'd never seen before. Which no, because that's the thing. I, that's the thing I enjoy with Sweden's reviews is there's stuff that you're just like. I never ever saw that. No. I never ever remember seeing those. Plus the, the fact that he there. makes it humorous as well. Like whenever yeah. he did the, was it like the summer week? And then he saw like that's the, what I was about to say. That was one of my favorite things. You saw like the van like driving away, or like the door open and somebody fell over or whatever. But just like his grand opening thing. In fact, this doesn't seem to be us talking about turtles. It seems to be us be talking about swing. 
Which is fair enough. Well, technically, you're talking about turtles, so it's pretty obvious that Sweden would come into this. Yeah, very much so, yeah. Anyway, uh, Nickelodeon, obviously, this is what Nickelodeon. <laughs> plans to develop a new CGI animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles television series and will partner with fellow Viacom company Paramount Pictures to bring a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie to the theatres. Both are expected in 2012, but will they be any good? I have to say, I kind of, I really enjoyed seeing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles brought into kind of CG with the movie that came out a couple of years ago because it added a nice new dynamic to it. Mm-hmm. The storyline could have been a wee bit better, um, but I think that CG, nearly like what I said earlier when we were talking about real Ghostbusters, was the fact that CG and crisp cartoon drawings, which are now done by computers, um, are what kids have come to expect. Yeah. I, Turtles being in CG could help a really big resurgence. Well, I actually prefer tur- a bad thing. I actually prefer tur- Turtles Forever. Mm-hmm. So I did over the film thing. Um, I just didn't didn't really get into it. It didn't for me. It didn't have the turtles feel, the turtles vibe to it, whereas the cartoon thing did. Um, but th- that's just me. I think with a series and another movie, it probably will get back to feeling more like real turtles. Because oh, well, I enjoyed. I think. I think the reason the mo- the CG movie didn't feel as turtle-like as it normally ha- would have been is the fact that obviously they started with you know Leo was away and all yeah. that stuff. they weren't they weren't together so that was the whole thing was there wasn't the whole brotherly you know interaction but, and all but I like the two I think it was the two thousand three version of the turtles I really enjoyed that um, I thought that was very very good really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, would be one that I would probably start watching again. Cool. Whip. Indeed. There have been quite a few films, both animated and uh, live action. Uh, what would be your favourite? Obviously, you mentioned the you know the whole. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Yeah, that one. Probably the first turtles film that ever came out. Yeah. Yeah. First live action. First live action. It's kind of went a wee bit downhill after that, didn't it? Yeah, and it's like Kevin Nash, Secret Views. <laughs> Super Kevin Nash, what a legend that he is. Yeah. Big sexy. Oh, I'm dead sexy. Look at me with my grey hair and <laughs> limping down the ramp like a granddad. I'm sure he's an absolutely nice gentleman if you get to know him, but we're just having a bit of a laugh at his expense. Why do I cover yourself around? Kevin Nash, yeah, he'd be old, but I bet he'd be nice. No, just because I know some Egypt will go and say, Hey, look, Kevin Nash on Twitter. These Egypt but then you'll be old and wrinkly and black. And then he'll be going to be like, he'll be on Twitter and be like, Hey, bleep you and bleep you. Hey, I'm a badass. And be like, Ugh. And I was like, Ugh. Okay. Yeah, we don't really want a Twitter war with uh, Kevin Nash. Because we get jackknife and our necks get broken. <laughs> okay. <laughs> turtles Forever 3, all the turtles from all the different worlds or aspects together. Was this one one of the best specials? Obviously, you said you really liked it. What was yep. it you think made it a good special? Besides, obviously, I like the fact that you saw the old turtles from like the nineteen, you know, like the very first turtles cartoon that you saw them with like the two thousand and three one. So you saw them, you know, like whenever they went to her their home, and April gets kidnapped, and they're like, "Yeah, we save April like ten times a day," <laughs> you know, and that kind of thing. I just thought it was hilarious. Um, 
But one aspect that I've never been a big uh, into this, so maybe you have been, but um, I've never read like the comic books or anything for it. I've only seen it. I've only seen bits and bobs. Like I haven't went and really searched them out. It's something I would like to do though down the line. Yeah, I mean, obviously I've got like all the Master Universe comics which I've read. Um, because they're few and far between, you know, you can get the ones with the figures, and then there was MVC stuff, um, whereas I don't know how many of these there are, or many volumes and stuff, so, I don't know. We had a few catchphrases from the cartoons, just just a few. General Power! Just a few. Yes, Charlie! Cowbunga, dude! Yes. Alright, on. Um, do we still use these today? Oh, yeah. Kind of I, joking I use Kaiabunga all the frigging time. Yeah. I wake up in the morning, my mum goes, Morning, son. Kaiabunga, mum! As I get my skateboard eating a slice of pizza from <laughs> the, the, uh, the year before. <laughs> the year before? That'd yeah. be some out of date pizza. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Whoa. Uh, no. Well, I don't think you run around shouting turtle power to people now. Well, maybe Swain does. Uh, in the middle of his library. Honey, what are you doing? Shut up, Turtle Power! <laughs> um, run around the streets randomly shouting Turtle Power. Maybe, yeah. I think he probably does that in the, in the library he works at. He gets up all kinds of mischief. Shh. Is he hunting rabbits? <laughs> okay. I think that nobody would use those catchphrases. I wish people did, though. I don't know. Well, maybe we should start up. We should start a comeback. Yeah. Everybody go around calling each other weird names and be going cowabunga and be like ordering loads of pizza <laughs> at the time so it'd be not proper time to have some pizza. Like 8 a.m. in the morning. And, stuff. and then we have like the wee bandana things around our eyes. I'll have blue, you can have like yellow or red. Take red. You can take red, okay. I'm happy with red. Sigh. <laughs> so many cartoons were around in the 80s and 90s. What makes this stand? Above the rest, or stand out from the pack. Uncle Phil the Shredder. I will never oh, ever. I, I was wondering when you were going to mention that. I will never ever get over this as long as I live. That Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel Air is the voice of is the voice of Shredder. I will never ever, and obviously the voice of Leonardo is Cam Clark, who voiced He Man and Prince Adam in the 2002 Mike Young production incarnation of He Man: The Master Universe. Available by now by Mill Creek Productions. Available on iTunes if you really want to buy it there. One pound seventy nine per episode, and Alan's falling asleep. Um, so many pardons. <laughs> um, so to reiterate, <laughs> um, no, I just again the voice acting was really good, and I think it was the stories as well. I, just, I, 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 I don't think feel was, there was a lot of bad stories in Turtles. Oh. And I always, I always think that it's nice and vibrant. Yeah. Whereas obviously, like the later ones are very dark. It was always too. ones. Turtles was always another one of those ones. Off. It was the main one in the era I was growing up that was always on the TV. Yes, it was like I said, you know, watch Thunderbirds in the morning and all that sort of stuff. But there was not a single time I would miss a Turtles episode when it was on the TV. Yeah. Simple as that. Simple. Simple. And that would be Turtles. Is that it? Yeah. 
Only, only like about 20 minutes in Turtles. Only 20 minutes. Still, yeah. It's still our normal length of time we try for a segment. So it is. It's just because we got rabbiting on about Thunderbirds and all. Rabbit. No doubt Turtles will be something we will get back to, obviously, with the live action movies and all that sort of stuff. Because we obviously talked about the games with Swing yeah. a good while ago. So we will no doubt probably try and have Swing back when it comes to the live action movies. Because I'm sure that could be quite interesting. Okay. I know where you're going. Now it's time for TJ Green with his favourite episode of She-Ra, Princess of Power. And then join us out for a break while we discuss She-Ra. She-Ra, She-Ra. Hey, Chris, Alan, it's the Retro Renegade, TJ Green. I... Wanted to put my input on my favorite episode of She-Ra, Princess of Power. I am She-Ra! I am, of course, a huge fan of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and She-Ra, Princess of Power. There were so many amazing episodes of She-Ra, but one of them in particular that I enjoyed very much was The Price of Freedom. Now, I know that was a He-Man crossover episode, but there was a completely different reason for me liking that episode. Number one was how real it felt. It was basically saying, hey, you can't, you know, you can't bully your way into this whole situation. These people are being ruled by the Horde. It's not like, you know, your world where you can just go in and make sure that things stay the way you want them, because you rule. It's a whole different story, and these people will be dealt with in real consequences. And, you know, He-Man, you know, meant well, but he just wanted to bull right in and say, you know, hey, these people's possessions, you know, they're going to lose them all. Yeah, but there was something deeper than that, and I like that they dealt with that so well. I like how He-Man volunteers to stay behind when She-Ra goes to when She-Ra goes to get help at the Whispering Woods, which in the end of the episode really doesn't need the help anyway. I like all those factors that go into that episode, and the voice acting was just great. So I gotta say that. For me, Shira Wise gets the retro renegade grade, the retrograde, so to speak, of a complete five stars. Absolutely. Five stars goes to the price of freedom. Alright, well, thanks for letting me get my say in there, and let's keep on retro. Hi, this is Larry Candy, the voice of Lionel from Thundercat. You're listening to Alan Price and Chris Vince on Operation Retroshock. Thunder, 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 Thundercat! Oh! Hey guys, I'm Rob Bass from Not Mitten Box, and you're with Chris Vince and Alan Price, and this is Operation Retroshock, only on the Pop Culture Network. Hello fans, yes, this is Roboto back on special assignment for the Chronicles podcast. 
I am here on Etheria. Uh, I knew it's on. I knew I made it to Etheria because as soon as I was walking around, I saw I saw Lukey. He was hiding behind a tree. I went and tried to, to talk to him. He's a fast little critter. Uh, he ran away, uh, so I couldn't catch him and, and, and talk to him. But I, that, that proves that I am on the right planet. Fortunately, I did not end up in the middle of a ocean as last adventure. <laughs> so I'm walking around the woods here. I do not know exactly where I am. I'm trying... Oh, here's somebody. Yeah, okay, there he... Okay, let me go talk to this guy. Hey, buddy. Yeah, hey, how you doing? Uh, my name's Roboto. Mine's Bo. Good to meet you. Good to meet you, too. So, look, I'm uh, pretty far from home. Uh, I'm here trying to interview Shira. Can you tell me exactly where we are? Whispering Woods, of course. Excellent, excellent. Okay, I am on the right spot, then. Like I say, I'm here to interview Shira. Do you know where she is? Yes, the main camp of the Great Rebellion. Wonderful, wonderful. Can you take me to her and we can do an interview with her? Maybe they'll be happy with just me. Well, <laughs> uh, maybe they might, uh, but, well, I'm going to be honest with you, Bo. No, I, I think the fans really do want to hear uh, from She-Ra herself. Sucker face. I'm sorry, what was that? Sucker face. Okay, there's just, there's no need for name calling. Yeah, that, that's, that's not... That's not needed, Bo. I'm a little disappointed in you, to be honest. You know, don't feel like you're less of a person because you're not as in high demand as Shira. You're still a good guy, you know? We fans, we, we still appreciate all the hard work you do for the Great Rebellion. Thanks. Let's just be friends, okay? Let's just start, start fresh here. We've got just the right setting for my new Christmas song. Let's try it. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, Bo. Again, we enjoy everything you do for the Great Rebellion, but you you need a new hobby, okay? Uh, when we saw you in that that famous episode, play it again, Bo. Uh, yeah, a new hobby. Maybe that's your New Year's resolution. That's just advice. That's just that's just me. That's just me talking. Um, okay. Well, let, let's get let's get this show on the road. Uh, let, let's take me to Shira. My pleasure. Okay, and here we are with the Princess of Power herself, Miss Shira. Shira, thank you for your time today. No, really, I, I'm a bit starstruck right now meeting you in person. I, oh, I watched you every day as a kid growing up, and uh, I mean, I had a, somewhat of a crush on you. And, uh, really? Actually, I'm, I'm very much still in love with you today. That's quite enough. No, you're right, you're right, you're right. I, I've got a great wife back at home, and, and I hope she's not too mad when she hears this. <laughs> well, I'm sure she's all right. Okay, so are you ready for uh, are you ready for some questions? Ready. So you you're always using your sword to turn into uh, one one object or the other, sword to shield, and some others. Of all of those, which uh, which is your favorite to use? Sword to grapple and lie. Really. I only can recall one episode that had uh, that had you use it that way. Well, that's interesting. We do have a request, though. A lot of a lot of fans on the forum have have said that sometimes that can be overused. Could you try not to use that quite so much in your adventures? I'll 
Okay. And uh, next question, moving on. Of, of all of these uh, rebels uh, that, that you lead, which one can you count on the most? Glimmer. Oh, yeah, Glimmer. Yeah, she's not too bad. She's, uh, she's pretty good. Uh, I will say, though, that, that bow guy, <laughs> he's a little bit of a prima donna. You know, he, he, in fact, for this interview today, he was, uh, he was wanting to, the interview to be all about himself, Mr. Mr. Hoity-Toity. <laughs> I don't like the way you're treating my friend. Okay, all right, fair enough. No, he's a good guy. He is a good guy, and his, his, his bow and arrow skills are, are well used, and they're needed here for the Great Rebellion. We do appreciate that, but, you know, come on, his, his music skills, really? Afraid you're right. All right, so moving on to the next question. In your adventures, we've seen a few uh, love interests there, Shira. There was, uh, you know, the Red Knight, and there was the Seahawk. Whatever happened with those relationships? It's a long story. And are you still uh, are you still seeing either of these gentlemen today? Oh no! So you are still on the market then. <laughs> okay. Well, those were the questions I had. I wish I had uh, more of your time today, but I do realize you have to get going. So uh, again, I want to thank you for your time, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and go back home uh, to planet Earth. Okay? Take care. Bye-bye. So long. This is as close as I'm going to get to bringing He-Man to the table yet again. And this is probably going to be my last hurrah with either He-Man or Shira. Unless, unless I can bring the 2002 show at some stage. Because I don't think Alan will watch the new adventures of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Which is set in space. It really is set in space. Huh? Is that right, Keith? Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in space! <laughs> yeah, dead word in space, yeah. So, yes, uh, Shira, Shira, <laughs> The Secret of the Sword, I've heard of that one. <laughs> it's a lot of people's introduction to Shira. Was it the same with you, Chris? Yes, it was, because I remember my dad, the bottom of Dufferin Avenue, had used to have a video shop, I and... Know. I remember the, and the we road would be like, I went down by the bus station, there'd be the train station as well, and like, mm. <laughs> we used to go, my sister and I used to go in there and rent out the Secret of the Sword, which um, I really enjoyed and was thankful whenever it was released on DVD, along with the best five episodes of She-Ra, She-Ra, and stuff. But yeah, um, I've, obviously... This was kind of the first five episodes of Shira spliced together to make a film, which some people liked, some people didn't like. Who um, like it? And incidentally, in the opening credits, they spelt Larry Dottilio's surname wrong. Oh, that's just a no-go area right there. <laughs> yeah, so it's like Larry Dottilio or something. It's not good. No. That is not what you do, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I Jimmy Sumble? Didn't I know the world? I don't know it for you. You don't work, you don't work. People in America <laughs> wondering what the hell is that. <laughs> the success of her brother, He-Man, I know that guy, <laughs> brought this show around for the girlies. 
But did we know any boys who watched the show or bought the figures? I know one right here, he'd be a girly man. Right, <laughs> that means his name is Grizzvin. I never actually bought the figures. Oh well, I'm not talking about the figures, I'm talking about watching the television show. I don't remember what actually watching the TV show. Um, I didn't buy you the DVD. Yes, I know, you bought me season 2 of DVD. Dos. Yes, um, my sister had like Swiftwind and stuff and uh, a couple of the figures, because obviously <laughs> I had the um, Master Universe figures, so... Although, the Master Universe were more, more small and bulky. Whereas you see where figures are obviously a bit more tall and elegant. Like you a Barbie doll. Yeah, well, but obviously I not mean, that big. I got like one of those exclusives, there's Shira kicking behind the green, no, up, oh, see, up behind is. Faker. No, there see, blue, yeah. ah, yes, yes, see yes. behind Tila. Yes. Um, Shira's behind there if you want to fish her out. She's not a fish. Hello. Alright, you see what her weapon is? She yeah. has a sword and she has a brush. Yay! Brush her hair. Yeah, that's why. That's why. Kind like, of. I'm going to kill you, but first, I brush her. <laughs> yeah. Because she always used to go like uh, sword to shield, sword to rope, sword to more rope, sword to helmet. Whereas He-Man kind of just had a sword, and that was it. That's because He-Man didn't need anything else. He didn't mess about. He just said, "I kill you now." And she was like, uh, oh, "I need a brush to brush my hair." Uh, give me one moment. Okay, already. Yep. I don't know why she talks like Arnold. <laughs> I'm ready to destroy you. I'm ready uh, to break you. Well, that's more Dolph London. Yeah. Which is perfect. Because of links in. Indeed. Okie dokie. He-Man had Skeletor cont- to contend with. Or no. <laughs> and She-Ra had Hordak. With his evil horde to combat. But who did you prefer? I, well, I preferred... <laughs> You prefer. <laughs> Is that right, Brian Blessed? <laughs> um, what, out of Skeletor and Hordak? Skeletor. It's, it's a no-brainer, like, isn't it? Well, a lot of people prefer Hordak. I know John Callis prefers Hordak to Skeletor. Mm-hmm. But, um... It's probably because I'm more used to Skeletor. Hordak wasn't... Hordak wasn't... You know, like, in the first series of He-Man, Skeletor was kind of a... More ingenious villain, so to speak, whereas Hordak, then later on, Skeletor becomes more bumbling, kind of, you know, like the more comedy element, whereas Hordak is more badass, so to speak. You know, um, they're both good villains, but um, I don't know, I've always just had a. I just think Skeletor looks better as mm. well. I just yeah. love the idea of a skull for a face. <laughs> they could be arranged. Acid! Thank you. Has that erosion on your face? No, it wouldn't go down well with the ladies. <laughs> All right. Okay. Be like, hello. Be like, hello, ladies. I'm a skull for a face. <laughs> my name is Ghost Rider. I don't have flames going around my head, though. That could be arranged. Could be arranged. <laughs> Aerosol and lighter. That Goodbye, eyebrows. Pleasant experience. <laughs> I just remember uh, from the stuff I've seen. Obviously, last episode we talk about the He-Man. She or a Christmas special, um, the bit where Skeletor and Hordak are together, mm-hmm. and they're like standing on the platform. Yep. And I remember watching the uh, Nostalgia Critics review of it, and the <laughs> Hordak's name is getting called out. You know, Skeletor, Hordak. But it's just like the way Hordak's getting said, you can hardly hear it. It's like really quick. It's like, Hordak! He's like, what? 
excuse me, what are you calling this gentleman? He's like, so if that was kind of your first experience of introduction to your character, like if, say, you'd been streamline He-Man guy and never ever watched any She-Ra, uh-huh. you like, what? Who? <laughs> you know, what's going on here? Quack, quack. Yeah. Larry Dottilio was one of one man who really did the groundwork for She-Ra. And she was meant to say, by the grace of Greystall, my mouth ain't no working. By the grace of Greystar. The grace of Greyskull, but ended up with, for the honor of Greyskull, better thing for her and Melinda Britt to say, check out episode 9 of Master Universe Chronicles. <laughs> Explain please, Christopher, please. Yeah, because I had an interview in episode 9 of Master Universe Chronicles with Larry Dottilio. Um, and obviously discuss some things to do with Shira that um, he wanted to call her something else. I can't remember what it was. Ashi? I think it was like... Sorry. No, it was something like... Um, I can't remember what it was. And they said, you can't use that because it's like um, Venus's... God, I honestly cannot remember. It's Venus's been, moon or something? It's like Venus, you know, like the, the god... Or something. I honestly can't remember. Random, yeah. He says it in the episode anyway. Um... And then I said to him about, you know, I heard that it was meant to be, you know, she was going to say something else. He went, well, she was going to say, you know, for the grace of Grayskull, but obviously that's a bit of a mouthful, especially for... Considering I messed it up there, she yeah. actually shows the whole point um, of that. It's obviously a lot harder for voiceover actors. So Melanie Britt, who was the one who voiced both Adora and She-Ra, actually approached her to come on Chronicles, and her agent said yes, but I would have had to pay her. Mm. So I said... No thanks. Talk about goodwill and giving back to the fans. Yeah. Not well, according from what I've heard, um, she was approached to be on the DVDs, the PCI DVDs for like um, the documentaries, and uh, she wanted too much money, mm. and they just went, "No, you're all right, thanks." Good, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we mentioned earlier certain Mr. James E. Talk, Mr. E. Talk, and Alex Hockey are bringing out. Much like they did, well, like James did, uh, the unofficial cartoon guide to He-Man, they're bringing out the unofficial cartoon guide to She-Ra, Princess of Power. After the success of, obviously, the He-Man's unofficial guide, which you can still pick up from James himself at, what is it, it's Blogspot? What's the Blogspot.com. Because I got SerialGeek.com the last time and I didn't want to mess that up. So click on the icon of Orko holding the book. Holding the book and you get the book. And you better be quick because from what I can surmise, he doesn't have that many units left because only a thousand were published and I think... Can I have one? I think he sold like maybe seven hundred odd. That's amazing. I think so. I'm not a hundred percent sure. So really um, it just shows you the power of the fans and stuff. So will this do the same though for Shira? Oh, totally. Yeah, I, I obviously Master Universe is huge for me. And I, love, I love having seen the concept, you know, front cover for. It yeah. And he made the announcement. I actually really like the front cover because obviously. I like the front cover on... Well, he said that the front co- that, that front cover was only going to be temporary. And he said, because it's so well-received, you may just keep it. Yeah, no, that's the sort of thing. It's actually a really nice-looking cover. Mm-hmm. And plus, he was saying about the art of He-Man books really trucking along. Mm-hmm. But he's doing it... That looks really good. He's doing it landscape. 
So like it's like that art book that I have. So it's a case if you flick it over and you do it like that. So I think that's going to be a big one as well. But the the Shira book, um, I'm not that well at first on Shira. I know a couple of the. I'm horrible with episode titles whenever it comes to either Master of the Universe or Shira. So um, to have that book will be very very handy. And hopefully, um, at some stage, the secret of the sword will be, or the first episode, first five episodes this year, or whatever way you want to look at it, and will be something that we cover in our episode commentaries. Cool. Mattel, of course, has the Masters of the Universe classics line, and has released a few figures from Princess of Power, with Bow being the most recent one. What one do you want to see? I really want to see Montana. Which is the one... I don't know if you can see him. There. Him down there. Him down there? This one? Uh, no, the one there. in the middle. Yeah. Oh, yes, I see him. He's big eyes. <laughs> yeah. Typically, I turned around and looked at Grizzlor, first of all. Well, he's already out. There we go. You freaky-deaky eyes. <laughs> I'm quite scared. Montana would be Put one back. that I really want to get. Um... <laughs> <laughs> what one do you would you like to buy, Alan? That one. <laughs> Snout spout? Oh, I will never forget that day. It's quite <laughs> hilarious. Rogue water blast day. Fire the water at you. <laughs> would have to have water action. No, will not. Better. It would be like water me. It would dry in your eyes. No, or no, 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 no. It'll be. Oh, that would require us to sculpt something that goes up the middle of the item, and that means logistically, that's that just means not we popping. can't reuse like Mossman's body or some <laughs> stupid rubbish like that. <laughs> Anywho, uh, favorite ca- oh. <laughs> just as I mentioned them. I suppose you should read this word for word, shouldn't I? If you want to. Our favorite character from the series. And is Snout Spite, the heroic water blasty, the most underused character ever. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite character? Yeah. That's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, there's Sally on. Um, I don't know. I would probably say that. No, I, don't, I was never a fan of Boo. Um, I would probably say that um, <laughs> that Hordak would probably be um, my favourite character in that um, as the villain um, and then the hero kind of side. I always um, quite like Glimmer. I thought she was a good character. Nice. Heroic what a blast day for me. <laughs> Snout the boat. Uh, she holds a place in many people's hearts. Will still be around in 20 years. And was it a shame she didn't appear in the 2002 cartoon? Yeah, do you know that we're going to make a live-action movie of Shira? If it was as good as the He-Man one, I don't see why not. Do you not know who they were going to uh, pick? As mm. Have a guess who they were going to pick as Shira. What year was this going to come out? Um, I don't know. Maybe, say, about 96 thereabouts. Just say. Cameron Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been awful. That would have been awful. Because that would have been, especially at the time, like Cameron Diaz was hardly known. Yeah, exactly. That would have been like what around the mask time, wouldn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. I could see it in the standpoint as I'm, you know, I'm thinking from what I know of her now. Yeah. 
back then, maybe if she was an unknown, that would have been okay, but... Mm, that's uh, let's just say she lacks some of the certain attributes yes, that that's, that was, that was another thing I was thinking as well. Yeah, um, that can be sorted out. <laughs> but do you think it'll still be around in people's memories in twenty years' time? I hope so. My niece kind of likes it. Um, I know that a lot of people have the DVDs and have kids and <clears throat> trying to get their kids into you know same with He-Man and stuff. Um, it'll be my life goal mission to get Lewis into watching He-Man and stuff. I know, I look forward to this day when I get told, Yeah, he watched He-Man for the first time properly and enjoyed it. I'll be yeah. like, yay! Um, but there's so many things from our childhood that we want to pass on uh-huh. to other people. Um, because we enjoyed it, we want them to enjoy it. It's not a case of that we see them watching Spongebob or Peppa Pig or whatever, and we're like, No! Don't watch that! Watch Count Dracula instead! <gasps> I forgot to actually put that on my list. Oh, no. You have to score one off now. Yeah, I'll put that down there. Then. Well, speaking of the list, yep. that's the end of She-Ra. It is. So it is now time to round out the show by going back, and this was so annoying. I hate <laughs> no, hold on a minute. No! No! No, no I'm going to say... I actually went from memory and wrote my, down my 21, or you'll find out by 21 in a minute. Alan actually had um, something in front of him and it took him longer to do his. The reason why, and I think in the way the way you've done it was probably better in the sense of, is it was coming from your memory, I probably, I think I got thinking about it too much. Yeah. Which is where my, my list is an absolute mess of scribbles and movies. Alan's number one is Care Bears, just so everyone knows. <laughs> My list is scribbled to hell and stuff moved about and stuff taken out, whereas Chris's is not as you know scribbly. It's his is pretty neat. So, will we start? Will the we reason why we're doing twenty-one is because this is episode twenty-one. Yeah, it was going to be twenty, but then I put one too many. <laughs> yes. Be, oh, I'll we'll do episode twenty-one. Uh-huh. Um, so, well, I say my twenty-one, you say your twenty-one, and we'll go from. No, there. we'll just go twenty-one. You say yours, I say mine, and twenty. Okay. And then you say yours, I say mine. Okay. Twenty-one. Johnny Bravo. Dog Tanyon. 20 real Ghostbusters. Whoa, the Jetsons. Jetsons. Uh, 19 DuckTales. Flintstones. 18 Rugrats. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Rugrats was a brilliant cartoon. Uh, 17 Alvin and the Chipmunks. Uh, New Adventures of He-Man. If I wasn't allowed that, um, I was going to have Mr. Ben. Right, okay, fair enough. Uh, I've lost my number. What yeah, was hold it? on. 16. We're on to 16, is it? Yeah. You sure? Yes. Because I have the numbers written sorry, it's beside 15, mine. 15, sorry. Uh, whatever. Wallace and Gromit. Uh, I wrote Hulk Hogan's Rock and Roll Wrestling or Bagpuss. Okay. <laughs> um, my next one was the Jetsons. <laughs> Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Awesome. My next one then was Beavis and Butthead. Muppet Babies. After me mentioning that as well. I didn't want to put it in mine. Uh, next one for me was the X-Men animated show. I didn't have that in mind at all. South Park. South Park. Uh, number 12 for me. South Park, so we're pretty <laughs> close with that. Count Ducula. Count Ducula. This is kind of a wee bit... I was kind of thinking and regretting I've put this next is Thundercats is 11 Morph <laughs> number 10 was the animated Batman Smurfs 
Smurfs were on my list, but I took them out. <laughs> uh, number nine, Animaniacs. Transformers. Number eight, Pokemon. Beavis and Butthead. Number seven, He-Man. She-Ra. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, number six, The Flintstones. Danger Mice. Number five, The Simpsons. Dungeons and Dragons. Number four, Futurama. Real Ghostbusters. Number three, Scooby-Doo. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Need a bleep there, Alan. <laughs> Alan left turtles off his list. Even though it was one of the subjects we covered, you complete another fool. Swain, send your hate mail to Alan Price at Alan Price is a forgetful so-and-so at popculturenetwork.com. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> what was number two there? Transformers. Thundercats. Looney Tunes. Master of the Universe. Filmation. Yay! You did say it would happen at one point. Yeah, I didn't expect you to forget Turtles, in all honesty. Idiot. Considering I just said it was one of my favourite <laughs> cartoons ever. <laughs> yeah, one of my favourite cartoons, but didn't make my list. Progress did, though. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, well. Provided a comedy moments, that's okay. And I have to go looking for a bleep. Um, I know where it is, don't worry. Okay. I'll see, nice. You'll still probably get text. Chris, where I swear? Well, say about 15, 18 minutes. Well, after I say number three, turtles. <laughs> so. Well, if we'll just look for a big spot. <laughs> yeah. No! Um, so, are, yeah, so are we going to say about um, what's going to be coming up in the next couple of shows? you Yes. Actually, I shall play some background music while Alan is talking here. Don't worry, Alan, this will be nice background music for you. And very apropos background music, don't worry, it'll not be Turtles. <laughs> Help me, what music is he going to play? Where is it? Oh. Dum, da, dum, it is. Dum, da, dum. Ooh, ooh. Oh, off you go. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to regenerate? Because we've been... Uh, Getting like poisons and stuff because we've saying Crippens, Baron Crippens is man. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, um, <laughs> that's a sad time. Sad time. No, um, <laughs> should I change his music? It is quite, it is quite sad. I'll, okay, I'll hold on. Um, no, hold on. Let me pick something else. Making me sad. Please change. It's not suitable. That's a bit better. Right, so, yes, ladies and gentlemen, um, as you will all know. Uh, we are fast approaching Operation Retro Shop's one year anniversary show. Yeah! Um, and <laughs> as we have previously said. Hopefully, Evan doesn't forget. <laughs> um, and as you've probably heard us mention that a few times in the past, uh, we are going to London, England uh, <laughs> uh, to. Is it Doctor Who experience? And we actually found out the other day that um, there's going to be a part from the Christmas special, um, like the wee organy kind of thing. The isomorphic controls which control the cloud. <laughs> organy thing sounds better. Yes. Um, yeah, we'll put that. Um, that's going to be there, so it's going to be cool to see that. That was pretty neat. Uh, uh, but yeah, we're going to be going to see that, obviously, in the middle of February. I think it's around 17th, 18th we're going. Um... <laughs> so forgot. obviously that is pretty much smack bang on our year anniversary. So mm-hmm. our next couple of shows are going to be Doctor Who related. So they are. So we're going to be planning to do it along the lines of we're going to 
start with you know, the way we normally do our subjects, like you know what we've done today, turtles, Shira, etc. Our subject, thanks for turning the music off, no um, is going to be a doctor. So, for example, Chris's is, is John Pertwee. Yeah. Um, and then what we'll do is we shall hand gestures again there, Chris. Mm-hmm. Just run through a selection of some of their memorable episodes to us, or basically episodes we have seen when it comes to the older ones. Yeah. Um, we'll be doing that. It will more than likely, depending on how we are, end up running into two episodes. I could probably see that the Pertwee, Baker and Davison would could we, may be... An episode. An episode, and then we may discuss like the... Eccleston, Eccleston Tennant. and perhaps Smith on an episode. So we'll have like a retro one, and then we'll have like a current one. Yes, and then obviously which keeps the, everybody happy. And then obviously the retro shock after that then will be the one after we've come back from our trip... Um, so hopefully we'll have like some audio stuff from that and what have you. Which is going to be pretty sweet because I'm going to try and film it as well. So we may have one of those sort of quick, amazing pop culture network videos that are on the side and it's like sped up and like walking through airports and walking yeah, through and they'll be like Chris, go over here. Here we can see uh, John Pertwee's jacket, which won the episode of the Sea Devils. Don't you know? Goodbye. <laughs> it was all I talked about this. But so long. I don't know. Um, and we have to go to Man Two Souls to go. Hello, Mr. T. Mr. T. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll have some footage for that, no doubt. But we'll also try and record a bit while we're away for the show when we come back. Um, it's going to be very, very good, and I think there's no better way to celebrate the year's anniversary of Operation Retroshock. It actually just that. fell so perfect, perfectly, and not. To our knowledge, either no. It was kind of a case of yeah, let's go here, and it's just like oh, here, retroshocks are going to be one. It's just like oh, like perfect. So we will no doubt try and have plus. What? Just thinking, what was one of the subjects we covered in the very first episode? Doctor Who. Uh-huh. Ah, we didn't even try this. <laughs> no, that's the worrying thing. Is that like it's just like worked out so perfectly which is even better and to be totally honest Doctor Who has been actually a much requested thing for us to return to as well so. yes another thing that um, I was thinking of that I've yet wrong past my co-host but I'm sure you'll agree with this anyway what we're going to do is we're going to do two polls one of them is going to be um, your favourite Doctor so we're going to have all ten incarnations well, eleven so to speak um, incarnations of the Doctor First Doctor William Hartnell, put the name there, etc. etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're going to do is you're going to be able to vote there. Um, and what we're going to do as well is just have like a copy and paste thing where people can actually put their favourite stories oh. as well. So then you can vote for your favourite Doctor. But obviously, if you know John Pertwee's story, say you particularly like, um, I don't know, Spear Here from Space or whatever, and then the Tom Baker story, you like um, Genesis of the Daleks. T- um, you know, Peter Davison, you like, I don't know, what was that one I bought Earth you? Shock. Earth Shock, say, for example, David Tennant, you like Girl in the Fireplace. <laughs> yeah, um, I wonder why Chris likes that one. Well, no doubt you'll <coughs> find that out. Or anything like that there. Then you can post that in there. Would really like everyone um, who's listening to this to contribute. Uh, this is obviously going to be our year culmination of the show. So having have a fantastic, you know, contribution at Christmas with all the yeah. stories on mm-hmm. So all the Doctor Who fans out there that are listening, 
send us your MP3, send us your email, send us your Yeah, somewhere. if you have an MP3 story about uh, an episode, you remember watching when if you were a kid, um, that particularly scared you, or, you know, like, if you have a funny story to turn about Daleks or whatever, you know, feel free to send that, send that in to uh, Vintoman at popculturenetwork.com or alanpricepopculturenetwork.com. Um, Do you repeat um, to say Alan Price is a big agent of pop culture? No, I was going to say Google Mail for some reason. Right. Um, or you can send, um, if I'm on Skype, you can even send them over Skype as well um, via the normal means. Uh, Chris would be very happy to speak to you. Vinto 316. But yeah, Doctor Who is a big deal to Alan and I. Obviously, it was on the first episode. Um, it's something that we've been talking about uh, doing. Um, so doing these here to gear us up for the trip and then obviously to go over there and film stuff and then see other things and whatnot, you know. It's going to be a good kind of thing to do. Oi. Oh, as Chris nearly kills himself. Yeah. <laughs> ah! Hold on. Your, tardi- your TARDIS is malfunctioning. Ah, oh, there we go. That's awesome, Mike. I like that noise. Plus the door opens. <gasps> Open sesame! Is the old interior or the new interior? There's no interior. It's the John Pertwee interior! No, it isn't. <laughs> because it's just it's black. It no, like I just the co- glimpse I took was sideways and it looked like a black wall. Indeed. What have you got my sonic screwdriver that doesn't make a noise? It's a pen. I know. I got you for Christmas. Yes. See, as everybody finds out, obviously Doctor Who is very much something we enjoy because obviously... I got Chris the pen for Christmas, and then obviously we got the crazy desktop thing, remote Dalek, Dalek yeah. for his birthday. So it's going to be proper sweet. I look forward to it. And it's going to be off the chain. Yeah, so as I'm yawning here, because I've been working with my boss today, so that's what's made me tired. Um, not invo- yeah. I'm not anywhere connected to that comment. <laughs> so obviously join us in a fortnight then, whenever we'll be discussing some retro who. And hopefully we'll have some um, retro hooness from yourselves. So make sure to send that in. Why give me the pen? Before we go, I must also thank all the brilliant individuals who sent in their birthday wishes for Chris. Yeah, I must thank you as well. Um, obviously, the nice ones I will thank. The nasty ones, if there is any, I will hunt oh, you oh, there's down. There's plenty of those in email. There's been plenty of those in email. That they don't like you, but I'm not going to let you see those. All right. Just so you all know, I'm, not, I'm winding them up. They all love Chris, it's fine. Yeah. Well, as I said to Flavor Dave, uh, that I am actually residing in Gallifrey now, so... No, no more, no more, no way for you. No, exactly. Like so, uh, with that there, um, I've been Alan Price. <laughs> I'm supposedly Chris Fent now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just changed it up to keep it fresh, you know. I'll be Alan Price, I'll be like, <coughs> well... Uh, so yeah, join us next uh, time for a Doctor Who special. Ooh-ee-oo. Okay, I'm gonna get my TARDIS and materialize out of this hellhole! Bye. Goodbye! How do I turn this off? Oh, that's the button there. Goodbye!